Yo, what's poppin'? It's the Hyphenate, and welcome to another episode of the Doubt Me Podcast. Today's special guest is someone who not only has a great love for music, but also wrestling and mimosas. Uh, he's someone who's actually been directly involved in the music industry with some of the biggest artists and some of my favorite artists. This is Vic. What's poppin', Vic? Currently, you are the manager of Cap Callis and Merge at the time of this recording, correct? Yes. Now that I'm out here, yes. Two legends... One of them being a living legend, figuratively and literally, because Merz is a part of the group, Living Legends. But yeah, man, how you doing, bro? It's good to see you. I haven't uh, seen you in like two years. No, no, no about maybe two, about a year. Yeah, yeah, been about a year. I don't know. I think we, we first met at the, the YouTube space when I came out here. I actually came out here to unlock it for Strange Music, funny enough. So Right, right. So on YouTube, if you hit over 10,000 subscribers, you get to what YouTube calls unlock the space. That allows... It sounds it sounds more dramatic than it actually is. <laughs> yeah, Unlock yeah. the space. You get to visit the space. Right, right. But we get to you get, you get to, to use it. it. Okay, so YouTube actually has these really dope film studios yes. across the world in some of the biggest uh, cities and countries. I think in this country of the United States, they only have two. I believe L.A. and New York. And New York, yeah. And then, so um, we live in L.A. or you live in L.A. now as well. No, I do. We'll touch on that in a bit. But they have a, a dope ass film studio here with multiple sound stages. If you hit over 10,000 subscribers on YouTube, you get the ability to go and use their studios for free. So when you get that opportunity, you have to submit an application, you have to like do a, like some online tests and stuff like that, and then you do an orientation where they actually give you a tour and break it down, and that's where I met you. So yes. I yes. already had unlocked the space for the Hyphenate YouTube channel, but at that time I was unlocking the space for my Doubt Me Tech channel. Okay. And, uh, and so they, they break off all the people into different groups. You and me and Tyler. Taylor. Taylor. Taylor, I'm sorry. Taylor were in the same group. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, my, no, actually, no. I was in a group with Taylor, not with you. Yeah, yeah. My my my, uh, my former coworker, Taylor Lamb, um, one of the best people I know, he was he was in the group with you. And he was actually, he's actually the current um, music video um, department head, you know, whatever you want to call it over at Strange Music. He's been there, God, man, longer than I than I was there, you know? Really? Yeah. Um, one of the staples of that place. Um, creative mind, like, just he's great. He's great to work with, a wonderful person. But uh, he was there with you. Yeah. And so I think you guys got to talking, and, right. and that's how you found out, like, oh, you guys are here from Strange Music. Yeah, yeah. So they, they had, like, a, oh, everybody introduced themselves in that group. What uh, What's your channel about, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Taylor was music. I was music, and then I was like, "Oh, like we were." I think we were the only two. Maybe there's a third person, but we were we were the only two in hip hop for sure. Okay. Uh, so I was like, "Yo, oh hip hop, oh dope, dope." So like, what? And then he's like, "Strange music." I'm like, oh shit! Like strange music is like one of the, like the dopest labels filled with some of the dopest artists. And uh, we started talking, and just good vibes, real yeah. dope vibes. At the end of that orientation, we all met back up. So you were in a different group, but then uh, Taylor introduced me to you, and then we just built like a, a rapport there yeah yeah we follow each other on social media and uh so at that time that was 2018 i believe you and taylor you guys were flown out to la yeah, right because we, you didn't we live were here. here we were here for maybe a day and a half if that we'd flown in um the night before just get a little closer to the mic we'd flown in the night before and uh next morning went straight to the youtube space did our thing you know that night um, so you were flown out specifically for that yes specifically to unlock the space as they say yeah uh very dramatic term around you know we used to have meetings and they'd be like are you gonna unlock the space are you gonna unlock oh, the space real? and i'd be like yes i'm gonna go unlock the space you know it sounds funny. like a video game <laughs> um came out here did that um unlocked the space successfully 
Um, and yeah, man, I got to got to spend the night in LA. Met Sick. up with my homie Cap. Did did our thing, and then we got we flew back out the next day. That's you know? dope. But um, you you and I got got to really uh, get to know one another at that yeah. point. You shortly after that, I don't know if it was like a few, quite a few months. You invited me to um, who who's was it? Rec- no, uh, it was an album release party. It might have been Tex. No, 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 no. It was. Uh, Oh my god! It was one of these. It was either it was either Tech, Mackenzie, Mayday, or Merce. Oh, it was, it was May, uh, Mayday. Okay, Mayday. it was Mayday. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you invited me to their album release party at Strange Music had or still has. I'm not sure, but like a sub headquarters type vibe in Hollywood. Yeah, they had they had an event space over at Hollywood and Highland, which is okay. Um, so it was an event space. It was an event space, and it was right above the Dolby Theater, which yeah. is where the Oscars happen. Right. So to say that they had a killer location was, I mean, Bro, it's, it was, I went there and it was baller. Yeah, it was so baller, like dope, like the most baller tables and chairs. It was just crazy. It seemed like something that would be in a castle when you walked into that space. Everything in there just seemed like a castle's, like. It was furniture. really, it was really extravagant. I used to say it looked like a fucking vampire's lair, like. A vampire's. That that's is what I thought. Point. Like I'm like the shit in here is all leather, all red. Like I'm like everything is high ceilings. Like there's chandeliers. Like you know, it always made me laugh. It looked very old school Hollywood, which I think is the, you know, what they yeah. were going for. Um, but it was a great location. Super. Sick. It looked down on uh, you know the the red carpet of the quote unquote the you know the Oscars where that happened. Yeah. Um, it was right across the way from Jimmy Kimmel's. Uh, yeah. yeah. Studio. It was pretty much right on Hollywood Boulevard. It was at, in the center of Hollywood. Incredible like, like, location. Where all the tourists go, it's right there. Yeah, incredible location. So that was a that was a space that existed there for maybe about two years and it was really used for about a year year and a half. Um, so I went out there and then uh, I saw you you got flown out for that event. Yeah. Uh, we met up and, and then I was back like yeah I was back like a, two weeks later whatever it was yeah if yeah, that. yeah and it was sick and, and that's where I met uh, another one of our homies now Aaron Crammon yes yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. Uh, Aaron I did you already know Aaron before then I had met Kremen man you know what Kremen actually spent two of my birthdays back to back with me when I was out here in LA oh sick so he had actually come out um, of course I was drinking he'd come out and met me and my girl one year and then the second year I was back out hanging out with Cap um, on a birthday and, and he came out again and he hung out you know and so like sick. we got to know each other via, it was one of those like Twitter Instagram yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know you like wrestling I like wrestling type of things and yeah, so yeah. That, that's, we, me and him connected about wrestling there at yeah. the May Day event we were both talking about, obviously, we both do music, but then we got into talking about wrestling. I was like, oh, shit, no, what? You know, big, big wrestling, man. We'll talk about wrestling, too. Yeah. But yeah, so I met Aaron there, and uh, and then, you, so you you have a friendship with Aaron. Yes. Um, Aaron and I go back probably uh, just a year or two, but it's been a really, really great friendship. He's now the reason, one of the reasons I was able to come out to L.A., because in my search of trying to get out here, he was like, well, you know, like, I got this place, like, da-da-da-da, you know. You know, we, we, we end up, uh, you know being roommates sick bro That's um, he, he's a dope ass dude like his vibes are really legit and uh like he's always been he's actually been in a couple uh or maybe one of my music videos and uh he was super helpful when he came out to like be in my video like he yeah. was just like an extra and but he was like hey man like do you need help with anything you need, like super helpful dope ass dude i appreciate him and then i've done one or two of his music videos i believe um, he gets around yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a good way, in a good way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, another homie of mine is, that you know is uh, Marmo, Justin Marmerstein of Marmo Films. Okay, um, oh, okay, yeah, he, yeah. He did a video for Kremen, and, 
and Justin didn't know that I knew Kremen. So when I came out here, I was like, I told Marmo, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm out here living with Kremen. And he's yeah. like, what? And, and so it's been good, man. I've, I've surrounded myself with good people. Like I'm enjoying it. You Hell know. yeah. So you were with Strange. You're no longer with Strange. Right. I, I, I exited the company in March. March 6th was actually my last day there. And you were telling me off air, you exited March 6th, right before the pandemic really hit <laughs> and the, the lockdown started happening. Yeah. And where were you going to like, so you leaving strange, where were you going to go? What, what was the plan? I, you know, what's so funny, man, I get asked that a lot and a lot of people, they either believe this or they don't. Um, a lot of people at the time that it was happening either believed it or they didn't, you know, I did not have an exit strategy. I did not have you were just winging it. something that was going to happen. I had nothing lined up. I had just sort of reached my ceiling and my personal ceiling at where I was at. It's time for new. It was time for something new. And I needed dramatic change. I was like, I don't just need like to change my, my, my job. I need to change where I'm living. I need yeah. to change a couple of things. You, you were know? living in Kansas city. I was living in, in Kansas city, um, from well, 2012 like, to 2020. Like where, uh, when I've seen like strange music's videos and the, their compound, which is massive and incredible yeah. empire that they've built, it's like it seems like it's in the middle of nowhere. Is it? Were you near like a metropolis city, or were you kind of like in the outskirts? So Kansas City is pretty small. Yeah, it's not. It's not a very large city. It, there's like the downtown area, right. and then there's the surrounding sort of areas, and there's the suburbs. Yeah, Strange Music headquarters is in the suburbs of Kansas City, okay. and it's in an industrial side of the suburbs where there's a bunch of factories and things like that. Right. So it's actually tucked away. You would never see Strange Music if you didn't know the address and went to look for it. You oh, would wow. never see it. Yeah, it's yeah, in yeah. the suburbs. It's in Lee Summit, Missouri. It's a suburb of Kansas City, um, but tucked away in in the suburb, they own like two city blocks or some crazy yeah. shit like that you know the like whole city there's the main hq and then right around the corner there's the the state-of-the-art video facilities yeah. with the studio up top they've got their own merchandising literally across the parking lot and then there's like three more buildings and then there's the car wash like i think there's like five six total buildings something wow. like that i mean that's impressive yeah yeah it's 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 really impressive it's a huge compound so, but you were living at the time i was living i was living in the suburbs okay okay yeah yeah, I wasn't in Kansas City so proper. How, how was it living out there? With this, like, because you're li you're living in L.A. now, yeah. And like L.A.'s for the most part pretty active. Yeah. How what, what's it like over there? It's a lot calmer. It's a lot slower, man. Um, you still have to drive everywhere, which you know is a bitch. But um, was there was the traffic though? Is there no traffic? It's not like it's not like this. The traffic here sucks because like at different times of the day out here in L.A., you could be going like five miles away and it could take you half an hour, bro. I, I got a man. Let me tell you something about L.A. People in L.A. drive aggressively for absolutely no reason. You guys have nowhere to go and you still are driving like assholes. Yeah, we have. I don't comprehend it. Sure. Like it's the middle of a pandemic. None of you have anywhere to go. And Bro, it, when the pandemic first started and things were super, super locked down and everybody was super scared, driving on the freeway was like I had never felt that in my life. I was like. I can get to like the other side of LA in like 20 minutes. Yeah. Like this felt amazing. And normally before the pandemic to do that same drive would be at least 45 minutes to an hour. Yeah. And now we're back at that point almost pretty much. It's like, it's still about an hour now to get to the other side. But yeah, like 
it's it's insane how ridiculous our drivers are and a good reason of all the traffic that we have is the shitty drivers it's it's like you, most of the time it's not even a big accident it's a shitty fucking driver my number one complaint because i'm watching it happen in front of me i don't know what it is with y'all i've never seen this in any other city you guys get within inches of the car in front of you and i'm talking like two three inches and yeah, you all i don't like and I'm, that. I'm saying you as if it was you no, but no, i'm saying but, like but, but, everyone here general, does it and it's insane and i'm watching and i feel like i'm watching an accident about to happen every 10 minutes and it's <laughs> stressing me out i'm like and i'm not even involved i'm not even in the accident but i'm watching it happen and i'm like yo i'm like I, this is too much this is a disaster waiting to happen yeah i'm like this is about to happen in front of me That's but funny. but i've been enjoying the the pandemic non-traffic because if i got to go somewhere at one o'clock or whatever time it might be it's going to take me 15 minutes I, you know it's, it's it's not just, bad. Uh, well, the traffic now is pretty bad. So if you if you feel that traffic's not as bad now, like it's uh, yeah. but, but I feel like I'm like fuck. I was like, we need the pandemic to lock down again. I'm just kidding. I'm <laughs> actually tired of the lockdown. But the traffic thing, that's actually my biggest gripe with LA is the traffic. Uh, yeah. Okay. So so living in Kansas City, then you end up exiting with yes. no exit plan whatsoever. Just no exit plan. I just knew that I was it's like, time, time it's time. It's, it's time. It's time to find something different. Then the lockdown happens. <laughs> it happens a week later. And shit. you are in the music industry, which really solely survives and thrives through events and touring and all these things that require no lockdown. Yeah. What happens then when you're when the country shuts down and the industry that you are in now with no exit plan, but with my guess is a lot of opportunities that could come because one, you are a likable person, you're a hustler, you know hip hop, and you have so much experience under your belt that you could probably pretty much get in anywhere now. But now that that industry's getting fucked hard, then what happened? Yeah, uh, let me take a drink before I answer that question. Yeah. That's the, I can't even imagine, bro, like, it was fuck. It was real interesting. So my last day, my last full day at Strange Music was March 6th, I'll always remember that. It was March 6th, it was a Friday. I walked out of there. I walked across the street because if you're in Lee Summit, Missouri, there's nothing to do there. Right. So I walk out of the office. I got my box of all my shit, my desk that's been sitting there for years and years. I mean, classic I, movie shot. Classic man. With all their stuff. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have my my best friend Caitlin send you the actual shot of me walking. Oh, you out. Oh, bro, I was like I was like walking down the hallway with my box, all my shit out of strange music, walking past Travis's office. Um, you know, uh, it was just, it was one of those moments like I'm out of here, I guess. Like, man, it was so long. But um, I walk out and you're in Lee Summit, Missouri. There's nowhere to really go. There's an Applebee's across the street. And all of my friends, like Applebee's, all of my friends at the label were like, all right, let's go drink. Like it was like the, their, their send off to me. And I was That's like, cool. I was like, I was like, well, I don't have a job now. So let's go to Applebee's because they got one dollar vodka, you know, bullshits, whatever they got. I'm That's like, let's great, go drink. That's a great fucking deal. Yeah. Walk across the street to Applebee's and I get hammered that night with them and, you know, have a great time. As you should. So then the weekend hits, whatever. Um, I have my, I remember, I remember specifically that Monday, it was the very first Monday that I did not have a quote unquote job mm-hmm. in, you know, almost 10 years, whatever it was. And I told everybody, I said, do not call me. Do not text me. Don't talk to me because I'm going to wake up on this Monday and I'm going to start pouring mimosas as soon as I wake up. I said, and I'm going to not think about anything on this day. So that, that was your plan was just chill, just chill on that day. Okay. And I did that and I had a great time and, you know, I had to kind of like recalibrate. And so right as I was leaving Strange Music, 
there had been rumblings that I had put in my two weeks. I know I did it the proper way. I did my two weeks and I said, you know, respectfully, like I have to make my exit, whatever. Yeah. That got around. People found out in my circle, people found out here in LA, like I was getting yeah. calls from LA. I was getting calls from wherever. All the artists were calling me. Someone that called me right away was Merce. Merce called me right away and he was like, he's like, so I heard. And I was like, oh, I was like, already. And Merz was part of Strange for a short period of time. By that time, he was not in Strange anymore, right? He's, Merz he's, left. He's, he's Merz been had Merz, you know, and, and I wouldn't even say Merz left. Merz had fulfilled his contract right, by right. 2018. It was, a, it was a, he had a one album deal or a, three, three. Oh damn, he put that many out. Well, you know what? Actually, I might be mistaken, and he might have to correct me on this one. I, he might have had four, but Merz Day may have counted towards his contract. Okay, okay. I, he, he did two Merz Days. He did one Merz, one Day, Merz Day and then three solos. Did he, bro? First off, I'm a fan of Merz. He dropped three albums. I must have missed. He dropped like, I, like, "Have a Nice Life" in 2015. Then I believe 2016 was oh, Captain shit, California. He was, he was a part of Strange on that album. Yeah. Wow, that feels that feels like so long ago. Yeah. So he came yeah, okay, in. He okay, came okay, in. Okay. He yeah. came into Strange Music 2014. Right. And did Merz Day. And during his tenure at Strange Music, did Merz Day. Did the Collabs albums. Mm-hmm. Did um uh, have a nice life, Captain California, and then he ended on um, a strange journey into the unimaginable, and that was the album he did with Holy Seven. Holy shit! That time frame went by so fast, you know. And now, like, I'm not, I don't want to be mistaken, but I right. could, I could almost swear yeah. that in his case, Mers Day counted towards his contract. Okay. I don't want to be uh, wrong on that, but I could swear that's what the case was. That was but a dope album. It's one of, I think it's one of the most near perfect albums. That the label has ever released the the production the verses the balance the, the 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 styles and cadences it's just it's just so fresh yeah such a great album um real like you know what my favorite thing about that is the like real beastie boys like call back like they're they're, they're they're rapping back and forth they're throwing it to each other yeah. man it's, it's i get that i get that vibe that's that's sure. the most fun album that's a great album man i i, I can't wait till till they hopefully do a second i, yeah. I don't you know That'd who knows sick. but um yeah so, so he was, calls you Merce calls me um, we had thankfully been really good friends since 2014 because of my time at the label. Sick. Calls me and he was really just checking up on me. He was just Dope. like, hey man, like I heard this happen. Like, how are you? Like, what are you doing? Like, and then he asked me something that, you know, no one had really asked me. And he was like, what do you want to do? And I, I'll never forget, I was sitting on my kitchen island counter in, in Blue Springs, Missouri in my apartment by myself because I used to sit there all the time and I was just on the phone and I was like, and I kind of like breathed and I was like, I don't, I was like, well, man, I was like, you have a lot going on. You've always had a lot going on. I was like, you are so insanely busy. You don't have a manager though. I was like, and I've known for years that you've needed a manager. You've needed one that sticks around that like, you know, he didn't have a manager. He didn't have a manager at the time. Okay. Um, and actually he might've not had one for a while, to be honest with you. Um, and I was sort of like, you know, like, what, what is that? Like, and he's like, he's like, do you want to, do you want to be a manager? And I was like, I feel like at this point in my career, I have the experience to manage almost anybody because a lot of what I did involved the same aspects and skills, the same and responsibilities. I'm like the same exact responsibilities, you know? And, um, what was your title in strange? So my official title was digital media manager. I, well, you did a lot more than just that. Yeah, right? yeah. It was it, the, the thing about Strange is that most people there are wearing multiple hats, right? You know, and I feel like that's the way at a lot of indie labels, a lot of other places. It's just, right. it's just the way it goes. 
That's the way I was. Um, I managed a department at which one time had eight people. So I was managing eight to nine people in wow. the social media department. So yeah. we handled all of the social media marketing, the, the digital marketing, the rollouts for albums, singles, music videos. If there was a show, if there was a tour, um, I was I was the lead of the YouTube channel. I was the yeah. lead of, uh, you know, I remember at one point, I never realized quite how much this department did and I'll always be thankful and grateful to them, to everyone who always worked with me. I was speaking to the uh, to the street teams. You know, Strange Music was very heavy on street teams. Right. They did this thing called the Street Team Summit where one year they brought in uh, the leads from all the street teams from all over the country and kind of did almost like a, you know, I mean, it's called the Summit, but it was almost like a weekend, like, uh, you know, I don't want to call it a convention, but I, the word escapes me right now, but basically brought them in to... Um, to do like you know like team exercises and give them a good time at strange music and give them the opportunity That's to speak dope. with the artists yeah and speak with Travis and 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 learn from each other and I think it was a, it was a great thing that they did and I think on the second year they did it they asked me to speak to them dope so I went to speak to everyone um, and I'm a terrible um, public speaker I hate it <laughs> I despise it but I think there was like 80 people in the room Damn. and so like I remember I started I had my sunglasses on because I was like this way I don't have to look at them um, <laughs> But I remember at one point listing off the things that the department, that my department was responsible for. And, and that's when you realized, holy shit. I realized, holy shit, we run a department of nine people at the time. It might have been eight, whatever. Ran over 100 pages Fuck. across social media platforms. I'm talking Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, for SoundCloud, YouTube. Everything for, and then all those individual artists that you guys have, which is, a, Strange has a big roster. Strange at the time had a dozen artists at least, yeah. at, at least active, you know? At, at the most, it's had like 16 active while yeah. I was there, and I was like, holy shit. But yeah, <clears throat> that was what we did. Damn. And we did it day in and day out. And thankfully, you so know. you have experience in that aspect, and you yes. were running multiple hats. What other types of things that you do? Um, I was also helping a lot with, you know, the actual structure of the rollouts and learning the marketing side of things that exist yeah. outside of digital media, you know, because a lot of things exist outside of that. Like, Damn. okay, you know, you start to learn about radio and how radio works. You start to learn about how the streaming world works and the things that you have to do to, to win at that. Yeah. Um, you start to learn about things like artist relations. I mean, you really have to, you know, there's a lot of responsibility involved in that. You have to understand how to work with artists, how to speak to them, and how to communicate clearly between them and the team. That alone is, is, a, is a tall order for most people. Yeah. Because you have like very big personalities that you have to like maneuver with. You have to know how to speak to people in a way that gets your message across, but also does not make it feel like you're simply there to babysit or right. to, to command them. You know what I'm saying? Um, thankfully, I learned a lot of those great skills from the people that, you know, that I was there around. Travis, right. um, Dave Weiner, the former VP of Strange Music. Um, I had a lot of great people around me to learn from. And so I Same. learned how to communicate really well from them. And so, you know, you learn the artist relations side of it. You learn um, what it takes to sign people. You know, by the end of my tenure there, I was working on the It Goes Up distribution arm of Strange Music. Yeah. Myself and Travis... And a few other people, Caitlin, uh, you know, who, who is there right now, one of my best friends. By the way, if Caitlin ever um, uh, decides to go do something else, God, God bless her because I don't know what they're going to do to replace her. She's one of the best workers I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Um, That's dope. But Shout out to Caitlin. Yeah. But, um, you know, learning a lot of those processes and Travis was, was, was teaching me a lot of that stuff directly. So a lot of experience, a lot of uh, skill sets. Yeah. 
Merz asks you what you want to do. What I want to do, you, I, I take, I take the, you know, I, I shoot, shoot my shot. shot. Yeah. I go, you know what? I go, I, I absolutely love you, dude. Um, and I know that you have a great career and I know that you have a lot more to give. What can we do here? And he said, if you want it, the job is yours. And wow. I said, okay. So I started from Kansas city remotely almost immediately. And this is in March. This is in March. And we started small, you know, we started, I think the week of his birthday is when we started because his birthday is March 16th, Mers 316. Right. And so we started the week of his birthday and I remember we started small and I started to fix up his digital media. And I was like, here are the things that we need to be doing. Here's, you know, how we can fix this. Um, March, April, you know, like the months keep going and it turned into like, okay, now when are you coming out to LA? Well, that was tricky, man. There was a pandemic. Yeah. How do you move in the middle of a pandemic? Because at that, at time, that time, there's no job. Well, and at that time, we don't really know how serious this is. Right. You know, we don't know like, like this is like America's freaking the fuck out. Out here in LA, people were panicky as fuck. I mean, we had it bad over here with the toilet paper shortage. The, yeah. What was the other thing that there was a shortage on? I can't even. I feel oh, like water. Was, it was water. Yeah. It was so hard to get. Like, and people were just acting fucking crazy. And it was only supposed to be a two week a two week thing over here. So over there, are you having similar situations where it's like yes. that intense? The toilet paper thing was very intense and I didn't understand it because all I kept thinking, I was like, why are you buying so much of right. it? Right. Thankfully, I'll say this. I don't know why. I don't know if it was by chance, but by chance, I had a closet full of toilet paper that just like, because I just bought some or whatever. And so like, I was like, I'm cool. But I was watching the madness unfold on Twitter and on the news and I was like, what Bro, is going on? I, no bullshit. During like the height of that, I could not find toilet paper for shit. <laughs> Literally, for shit, pun intended, um, I needed toilet paper, and I was running so low, and I remember, no joke, I had to take it back to olden times. I had to barter with a friend. Oh, man. Because I had I literally posted on social media. I was like, I can't find any toilet paper. I'm going to have to start ripping out pages from my rhyme book. <laughs> and so one of my friends, shout out to Karina, she messaged me. She's like, hey, if you need toilet paper, I'll give you some. I was like, oh, sick. I was like, thank you, because I did need some. And I was like, I was literally like one roll left, I think I had. And so I went out, I met with her, and by, and, and water was hard to find. Mm. I finally, I couldn't find water in any of the, the grocery stores, any. No water, no toilet paper. I found water at uh, this little, tiny little liquor, no, no, it's not a liquor, it's a little little um, deli market. Yeah. Like maybe six, seven blocks from, from my office. They had no toilet paper, but they had just a few gallons of water. You could only buy two. I had bought two gallons of water. And when I went to go meet her, like just as a, on, a, on a human level, I'm like, I, I don't like to get things for free. I like to ask like, how can I earn it? Or can we make a trade or whatever? Yeah. So she had toilet paper for me. I was like, hey, like I just bought some water, which is hard to find. Do you want some water? She's like, yeah, I'll take a gallon of water. I was like, all right, cool. So we literally bartered. I, I switched her a gallon of water. She gave me a few uh, uh, rolls of toilet paper. But that, that, is, that, that is shit funny. was crazy. You know what I'll tell you, man? Shout out to Cap Callis because he put me onto this. Um, a lot of the bodegas and little mini marts and stuff like that, yeah. they had what we needed, but everyone was going to the big stores. Yeah. You know what I'm Here, saying? Here in LA, I couldn't find shit, even the small ones. And I went to so many little like 99 cent stores, everything yeah. gone. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, we had the, the panic struck in Kansas City and it was real uncomfortable. It was real uncomfortable. We didn't so know what was going So they asking like, when are you coming out here? And you're like, Yeah, but he, bro, wasn't, like, he wasn't pressuring me at all. Oh, he, okay, it, was, okay. it was mostly like, a, like you know, what kind of a timeline do you have? Curious. And, and he really, he wanted me out here just because he was like, bro, like come start fresh, like come out here yeah. and do your thing. That's cool as fuck. Yeah, no, I absolutely love him. Like like he he, he did so much for me. That That's why um, I owe him or I feel like I owe him so much because he was one of the first genuine human beings to like reach out and be like, let, let me tell you like this, like this is how he actually put it. 
he actually said, what can I do for you? Wow. What can I do to set you up in LA? And it wasn't even for himself. He said, who can I connect you with? Who can I link you with? He's like, you know, I know a lot of people. Bro, that's amazing. Just so I can set you up. He's like, I know you want to be out here. You know, and it, it was just an incredible thing. And I was like, okay, that let type me. of human being is just rare, man. Yeah. Like people like with just zero, like you owe me this or hey, like remember that, like I just want to help you. Yeah. That's so fucking cool. That was it. I could have came out here and said, yo, I need you to link me with, you know, such and such, whoever he knows. And he would have been like, cool. And he would have set the meeting up wow. and he would have put in a good word for me and that would have been it. And he would have been okay with me not working with him whatsoever. But I wanted to work with him because of that, because I said, you know, if, yeah. if this is what you're willing to do for me, let me, let me, you know, come meet you and, and, and do this. So incredible. Um, yeah. Love so that it. was, you know, the whole struggle was like how to get out here. And, and, you know, when I say it was a struggle, it was a struggle. Like, we didn't know how serious the pandemic was. We didn't know what was going to happen. This year's been a shit show, like in, in many different ways. So like trying to leave an entire state and come to one of the toughest states in the world to live in, period. Yeah. Like California is a tough place to live. Yeah. Trying to get out here during the middle of a pandemic, bro. Like, hey, man. Thank that's, you. That's a yeah. that's a that's a tall order. That's yeah. a mission. You see me but. drinking now. I've been drinking excessively in 2020 <laughs> because I'm just trying to. I deal. mean, to be fair, man. Most of the social media posts I see of you involve drinks. So I mean, I don't know how much more you're drinking. You're like, I don't know how much. Yeah, it seems yeah. normal to me. I've heard a lot know. of people say that. <laughs> Rec recognize likes to give me a lot of shit like that. It'd be like, mm, you'll be like, are you really drinking that much more? Or is it the same? Like, is it the it same? Looks the same to me. But um, yeah, man, that was that was you know we 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 hit the ground running, um, and it's been a, a really great relationship, a give and take. It's been a, a, a partnership in a lot of ways. Right now, we're in October, the end of October, October twenty yes. seventh. You moved out here when? I was out here August eighteenth. Was I think the day I was here? So about two months ago. It's been about two months. You, so Mers asked you when you coming out? Yeah. Around when? Like March or April? May? No, or? no. I think he um. You know, because he was really, really cool about it. And like, you know, he never, it was never like a, hey, get out here. It was more like a, right, right. it was more like a, hey, I think you need to be out here. But he wasn't the only one. A lot of my friends here in LA in the industry were like, yo, you need to get out here. They were like, this is the, this you know, is the, the they were like, no offense to what you've been doing, but this is the real music industry, you know? Um, and I have to like, you know, and, and there was no, there was no offense taken because yeah. in a lot of ways I feel like, yo, I spent 10 years working in the music industry, but I feel like I'm starting again. I really right. am. And, and, and well, that's strange is, is a very unique beast in how self-sufficient it is Yes, and how it creates its own opportunities where it's at. Whereas, it's also in, it's, it's in Kansas city. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like, they are very, like, they don't need a lot of stuff or they no. like, like like they they're self-sufficient whereas the majority of the music industry the connections the the locations the hangouts the networking all that stuff does the majority take place here yeah like no it, no it, it, um all the credit in the world to what tech and travis have built in yeah. kansas city That's on the, their own they don't need they they are their industry they do right. not need the industry and they've been yeah, saying so that as someone in the industry where opportunity, more opportunities need to be present in order for you to excel. Yeah, LA makes sense. Right, right. It's because it's a per, it's for the personal opportunities, exactly. right? I'm no longer tied to a label. I'm no longer yeah. tied to something. I got to go. And did you see that immediately? Like, yeah, that makes sense. I need to be there. Or was it? Yeah, it was immediate. And I'll be honest with you, man. I had been coming out to LA for a couple of years already because of the Strange Music Hollywood space. Yeah. Um, my my girlfriend lives out in California. Oh shit! So she was in LA during all of this time. And we had, um, God, I hope she's not mad about this. We had been having a, a long distance relationship for like two years. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And anyone who's had a long distance relationship that's knows that's not fun. Yeah. It's not fucking fun. So I always knew 
that I was going to have to reposition my life for the things that I wanted. And something right. that's very important to me is something like my relationship. I'm, I'm at a yeah. stage in my life where my career is important, but what's also important are the things that are going to set up my future, future. Yeah. my life, yeah, yeah. you know? And so I knew that that was, that was a big thing for me. And so I always knew that one way or the other, I was like, I'm going to end up out there. It's just a matter of when and how. Well, the opportunity presented itself and, you know, the wheels start turning. I'm working with Merce. I'm working with Cap Callis, who's been a homie of mine for years. Yeah. Um, Cap Callis was on Strange. No, he was never on Strange. So he, oh, no. his, his involvement with Strange is that he went on tour with Mayday um, in 2015, I believe. He went on the Merce Day tour. Yeah. He was the opener on the Merce Day tour. And then he went on tour with Mayday again when they did a Canada and mm-hmm. U.S. run for uh, Future Vintage. He and I met and we'd been friends and I became a fan. And from being a fan, we became really good friends, like always, you know, texting, DMing, like whatever it might be, you know, yeah. just keeping up with each other. He's, he's a really great person about like, he's, you know That's what dope. he is? He's the friend that checks, checks on you. That's, That's who he is. That's dope. Yeah. There aren't many like that. No. Um, Especially when you're an artist and you're the one grinding 24 seven, like that's a, that's a tough thing to do to check in on other yeah. people. So that, that's, that, that's mad props for that alone. Yeah, he's, he's a great human being. One of my favorite people. One of the most positive people I know. Sometimes I'm always just like, oh, okay, I get it. Like, <laughs> I'm just like, everything is great. You love everyone. Like, cool. No, I love him, man. That's but awesome. he and I became great friends. And it was, it was during the same time that I was aligning things with MERS and I was making my exit at the label that Cap was like, you know, do you want to come on and help me? And I was like, I would love to. I would love to yeah. guide you in your career as best as I can using Sick. the knowledge that I have and whatever, you know. Most artists need help. Yeah. Not because they are incapable of doing the things, but they have too much going on. Yeah, it's hard for an artist to take on all the other aspects that are not the creative. Like, yes. Like, like artists, for the most part, thrive in the creation of their art. Having to like do like that's one thing where like me, I do the majority of everything that I do. That's the part where like I struggle with, but also I, I also am like naturally a, like an entrepreneur businessman. So like, yeah, it's also like not that bad, but I do see like doing all the business stuff takes away from the art and then doing all the art takes away from the business stuff. So it, it's, it's a mission. It's, and it's I think- a give and take. And some, some people, some people can do it, man. Yeah. Some people can do it and then they reach the point that they can't. And then that's, that's when they know. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that the biggest mistake a lot of artists do is that from the, from the get go, they say, I need a manager. I need a publicist. When they're not ready for that. that. And it's like, you don't need any of that shit, bro. Mm-hmm. Like, like, trust me, you, you should, don't. Like, there are times when the, you got to grind a little bit harder, a yeah. little bit. You know what I mean? Like, don't be too lazy. Yeah. No, but you also, you just, you don't need it. Like, who are you that you need that? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds harsh. No, no, but, no, no, no. But that's, yeah, exactly. It's like, you can handle that. Yeah. You can handle it. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know who's so, like, you know who's so great at what at what he does? And he, he from, from my knowledge, does, God, does it all on his own. Um, Echo. Oh, really? Echo, to me, is an example of an artist that has really understood and captured his audience and knows just, man, out the gate, every single video that this guy does is just a success. Every song, like, I just, I look at his social media and I'm like, you have your fans. You got them. That's sick. You know, he really figured it out. And I think he's someone that a lot of people need to look at. And, and you know, not, don't emulate everything he's doing, please. But, um, but, but it's but, a decent but, but blueprint to look at. It's a good blueprint to look at. Like, he he really got it, man. It clicked with him very quickly. And and I keep an eye on all the things that he's doing because he's very creative. He's one of the most creative minds I've seen, man. These music videos he's doing and he taps into things and he taps into pop culture. You know, he's a very good um, 
what do they call that culture hacking? Like, like you know, when you're like, oh, I'm going to do something with comic books. I'm going right. to do something with movies. He's very good about that. But in a, on, uh, He has his, uh, his finger on the pulse. Yes. And he's very good at it, but in a very genuine way. So a lot of love to Echo, man. That guy's doing it. Um, that's dope as fuck. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so that's that's just an example of someone who can do that. But uh, going back to Cap Callis, man, someone who makes genuinely great music. Yeah. You know, amazing music. Um, and I've never quite understood, you know, we would have these conversations and I'm sure it's frustrating to him for me to say to him, your music is so good. Why why don't you have more fans? Right. Because he would kind of look back at me and be like, motherfucker, like that's what I'm trying to figure yeah. out, <laughs> yeah. you know? But I've been, uh, you know, I've been preaching about this dude for a very long time, and I'm very happy to see him working. He just dropped a project yesterday. Oh, shit. Um, What's it called? Black Mass. Black Mass. Eight tracks. It's, on, it's streaming everywhere. It's on Spotify, um, Apple Music, all, all the good stuff produced yeah. by Optics. Um, Black Mass was his special sort of like Halloween project. Um, I just listened to it on the way here just to kind of like, you know, Get, get it back on my mind and I'm like yeah man like this dude like is always putting in the hard work yeah. you know you know what I'm saying so he um, so so real quick before yeah, we, yeah. we go on that Merz asked when you coming out you yeah find sorry a way. I just went on a tangent no 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 that's all good that's all good because um, it's all it's all great but I also too kind of want to okay so Merz is the first person you started actually managing though yeah Merz and Cap like honestly like almost about the same time okay sick sick yeah um, but, but you shot like the idea of becoming a manager. You shot that to Merz. To Merz, yeah. And then Merz is like, "You got it." The Cap Callis thing that you shoot it to, like, was that an idea you brought? I to think him Cap. Too? I think Cap just kind of organically brought it up once and was Sick. like, "You know, was that something you'd like to do?" And I was like, "Let's go." You know, I have always been very confident in my abilities to be a manager Dope. because, like I said, all my years working with artists, yeah. I know, I know, I can do artist relations. I've been doing that. I know how to, I know how to do the whole. You know, I know how to speak to them, and it sounds like, oh, like I know how to speak to them. No, but I mean, I no, it, but it's that, a skill set. It is a skill set. It's not. It's not just being able to speak like on a personal level, like. That's a whole, like I mentioned earlier, like you have like not only personalities, but then you also have to like, there, there's just, when it comes to artists and like their career path, there's so much going on. Yeah. And, and you really have to figure out how to take care of their best interests. Yeah. And once you know that, man, you, you, you can do this. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And you have to have, you know, some, some music industry knowledge, like don't, don't go into it blindly. You know, I know, I know that the big, the big, um, criticism, of a lot of managers is like, Oh, that's just your homie. Like, that's just your homie that you hired. That's just, your, you know, your whatever. But you know what, man, sometimes it works out. Chance the rapper got his homie and you know what? Like, look, you know, having experience, having the drive, having the, the desire to actually look out for someone's best interest. That, I mean, that, like that's, it should be someone that cares about you. You need to care about the artist on a personal level. Yeah, yeah. If you're you the manager, for sure. To. There are too many managers that are just trying to like make money off someone and don't really have their best interest at heart. Right. And those artists get fucked over. Right. No, and, it, and that's, you know, I'll be put into situations where like someone will put a bag in front of us and, and I got to say, you know what? That's not, that's not for us. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, like the money's right there, but you got to you got to have your artist's best interest in mind. Yeah. You have to protect their brand. Money by itself is not enough. Sometimes, no. sometimes taking money for something that doesn't fit what you're trying to do is actually going to set you back. No, And listen, man, like, you know, let's say, you know, like I, I already didn't have the money. So what's the difference if I, you know, like, you right, know, you know, but it's you got a good gotta, way to look at it. You got to protect your artist, man. Always protect them and always have their best interest in mind. And you can only really do that if you know them. So if you don't yeah. know the artist, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. 
So that's why it is on a, a if you're a manager, you do have to have that personal relationship. You do have I to have those that. talks. You know, um, just today, Merz and I had lunch and it was a, you know, all we did was talk about, you know, his career and things Sick. that we're doing and all those kinds of things. But those talks are important. You have to yeah. have those talks. He and I are on the phone every single day, Damn. nonstop. Wow. Some days we're on the phone for two hours in the morning. It's the first thing I do. Wow. Yeah. But you have to have those talks because I need to understand where his head's at and he needs to understand where mine is in order for us to move forward. Because it's it's a it's a team. It, it is a team. It, it's a deep relationship, not like romantic. I mean, I guess sometimes it can be <laughs> with certain people. Uh, but but what I'm saying is like, it you it is definitely something that's more than just like, hey man, how you been? Yeah. Or hey man, what are you working on? All right, cool. Talk to you later. Like no, it's they need to trust a, you. It, it's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Like when you're developing at at a, at a high level, like. You need them, they need you, and you guys need to be thinking on about. You guys got to have the same. You guys got to know the same price. Yeah, yeah, you know, so that way both your eyes are on that. And that's not to, and that's not to say that there aren't disagreements, but disagreements can happen. You just have to be able to to speak to each other in a respectful manner and respect each other enough to hear out the opinion and say, right. you know what, man, I don't agree with that, but okay. I think that as a manager, you have to absolutely always speak out when you think something is not the right thing. Now, whether the artist chooses to move forward with that or not, sometimes it's not up to you. But at the very least, you did your job by saying, hey, you know what? This is not in your best interest, and let me explain why. And then if they still choose to move forward with it, then you know what? Hey, man, it's it's on you. It's on you. I tried to tell you. you And I think a very important thing, too, on a human level, besides just the artist-manager relationship, but especially in that, is being able to like, oh, shit, that didn't work out. My bad. Uh, maybe, Maybe next time I'll... Kind of like own your own your mistakes. You got to own your failures. One hundred percent. You know that's the only way you really grow. One of the things I learned very early on in this business was being an adult, accountable, and being accountable for your actions and and being able to look someone in the face. Like that blame game. That shit's not gonna get you far. It's not gonna help your career. It's not gonna help your journey. Like putting that blame game is only gonna make people either resent you, not want to fuck with you, or it's and it's gonna make it's gonna inhibit your. Pro, your progress. Hey, man, l- listen, it's not always the best feeling to be wrong. Yeah. But the, one of the best skills you can have in your personal life is to be able to look someone dead in the face and say, you know what, man? I was wrong. I was wrong. Or I fucked that up. Or you know what? I I slipped and I fucked that up. I accept the responsibility because yeah. there's a lot of power in that. For because sure. now you're taking away that there's a lot of like anger and resentment that you're taking away because you're saying, you know what, man? Yes. Like it was my fault. Yeah. I did it. Let me fix it. And, and and there's just you know that that's something a lot of people are not you know some people run from that some people run from responsibility not everyone has it I wholeheartedly agree you know and it's the best you can do but um uh, artist management man it's it's uh it's, it's how, how are you liking that journey now being several months in I am really enjoying it I'm enjoying the partnership that I have I'm enjoying the ability to 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 have this this um this trust from the artist to guide their career that's dope and to be able to say okay here's what we're doing or to give them you know advice or to give them you know an opinion that that they really take to heart you know yeah. i appreciate that they can come to me and they'll say hey man here's the song like what do you think should go on the album um i think that's a great thing yeah. you know um it's been I mean, a, that's very, a huge compliment outside of just being a working relationship. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and I'm I like you like you know me. A lot of people know me. I'm a I'm a fucking rap fan. Yeah. So to be involved in that aspect is great. And you like a lot of different music besides hip hop. Like I've seen you post up music that's not hip hop related, and I fucks with that music too. So yeah. I'm like, this guy actually has good musical taste. 
outside of just hip hop, which is my dope. um my dad every Sunday would play music in the house. Um, he would wake us up with the music. It drove me insane. It'd be like, <laughs> it'd be like eight in the morning, whatever, and you'd be playing music. But you know, he he would play a lot of like uh, he played a lot of Mexican music, but he played. The stuff that really that resonated with me and I still carry with me is he would play a lot of Deep Purple, a lot of Pink Floyd, a lot of Creedence Clearwater, Neil Diamond, The Beatles is a huge one for me. He played a lot of this music in the house, so I grew up with it, so it stuck with me because yeah. it makes me feel like I'm at home when That's I listen awesome. to it. And and like having that diversity in what you're listening to also like helps that palette. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, like if you just listen to only one genre, like there's so much that you're losing out on in like having you need to know how to write a song yeah and you're not going to learn that from just listening to rap that's facts so i i always talk to rappers um and most most man you'd be surprised at how many rappers i know that do not listen to rap i love hip-hop music that's my number one favorite genre to listen to but like i would say on a percentage of how much i listen to hip-hop it's at the maximum 50 percent of yeah. my time at the maximum but I love listening to like metal, 80s freestyle music, a lot of like Bon Jovi, like, like just yeah. every, classical music, man. Like my, my, my Spotify playlists are so, even just score music, like just listening to film score music gets me hyped. Oh, yeah. Like I'll listen to <laughs> the Matrix score soundtracks, the, the, the Pirates of the Caribbean, like just all that shit just like is next, like just helps me expand the mind and. It's also helped me on a production side as a producer myself, like being able to make different types of stuff. Like I've made stuff that's not even a hip hop at all. And it's like score or like for no reason, just yeah. like I'm just feeling it. And then from there, I'm like, oh, I should make a beat with some of these sounds that fit more score music and not really hip hop. And then it ends up. But you also learn, out. you know, like like some some dude, some of these kids like come into rap and they're like, all right, cool. 16 bars hook, 16 bars hook. Yeah. And it's like they never learned about like writing a bridge, right? Like, you know, like song structure, those kinds of things. Um, not that they can't succeed without it, but like right, right. If, if you learn that, you've really mastered the art of songwriting. All the writing. great, great artists listen to everything. Yeah. Like they really do. Everything. Yeah, man. Get some uh, Fleetwood Mac in your life. Um, Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I even saw, did you post up like a Britney Spears track or something? Or no, not Britney Spears. There's someone that was like a pop song that you posted. I think it was pop, right? I don't know. I feel like there was something you posted recently. Maybe it was, what was it? Or a dance song. I forgot what it was, man. I remember you just posted something on a story. Yeah. It was a story. I can't remember what it is. I post, a, I post a lot. You know what's so funny? I like those memes that are like, oh, I'm posting on my Instagram story the, the music I listen to as if yeah. anyone cares. I'm that person. I'm yeah. always like, here's what I'm listening to. Yeah, yeah. I'm listening I, to. I, I can't recall what the fuck it was. I just Maybe remember. it was, was it Shakira? Maybe it was Shakira. Shakira. And I was like, but that's what it was. And I was like, yo, that shit's a banger. The homie knows. That's just a banger. I love Shakira, dude. I grew up with that music too. You know, she was huge in Mexico. Um, Yeah, she's incredible. She's an amazing artist and like great dancer as fuck. Yeah. Also, like at one point had the most likes on Facebook. So that was like, I remember, I remembered that because I was like, I got to figure this out. But yeah, sick. um, But yeah, man, like, you know, I I, I talked to. What what was the first hip hop like song or group that that really resonated with you were like you played that shit on repeat run dmc sick run dmc was the very first time i remember hearing hip-hop um to this day and so run dmc to me is the best rap group that has ever existed Dope. period like i know people like you know respect to wu-tang outcast yeah public enemy nwa but run dmc to me was like to me the first yeah and so many levels i think they were like the first rap music video on mtv um I, I'm almost positive they were, but Run DMC has resonated with me my entire life. And then after Run DMC, it was LL Cool J, who yeah. to me is like the goat. 
Um, I love LL Cool J. And I could tell you, I could actually tell you the first rap album I bought wasn't until years later, though. I'm talking really? like decade, like a decade later. Holy shit. The first hip hop album I bought was the Wild Wild West soundtrack. That's funny. Because I was like, you know, I kept seeing the video on MTV like yeah. with Will Smith. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, yo, this is fucking dope. Well, it, it's funny to me because my one of not the first because I actually got into to hip hop and rap like very early on. Uh, and I was a kid. I would listen to like uh, one of the first albums i listened to i was in like in second grade and i would bump the hell out of easy e, uh boys in the hood but i gotta i gotta pause you for one second did, did the dodgers just win the world series that's what it sounds like we hear people yelling and screaming outside i think the dodgers just won it has to be that because we hear a bunch of fireworks it has yeah it has to be yep final dodgers win three to one yo hey. the dodgers just won the world series on this podcast hell that's yeah. dope cheers to the dodgers cheers, cheers to, to my, my new drink. home fuck <laughs> um I was supposed to drink my drink slow, and I just chugged it. Um, that's crazy. That's special that that happened on this. That's so dope. Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I, bro, I didn't even realize... Like, my days are all jumbled. I didn't even realize today was Tuesday until we went to the liquor store, and yeah. you were like, are the Dodgers playing right now? And I was like, today's not Tuesday, is it? Like, Holy fuck, it's Tuesday. I thought it was Wednesday for like the last six hours. Bro, I thought it was Monday. Yeah. Was, yeah, anyways. But yeah, that's dope as fuck. Um, I'm sorry, oh. but you were saying the... First, first uh, rap album. Oh, yeah, so, so like I fell into that. But one of the first CDs I ever bought was the um, Men in Black. Oh soundtrack. shit! Okay, yeah. But, but I'm saying it's funny because like your first like album was that you bought was a uh, Will Smith. Mine was too, and they were both soundtrack songs. Mine was a Men in Black song. Yours was the Wild yeah. West. Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be real with you. Hot take: I don't like the Men in Black song, the theme song. I was I was, I was like fuck. I was eight. And yeah. that was my shit. I, I just, man, I got... Listening to it back, it's not my thing. I'm weird about but, beats sometimes, you know what I'm saying? And that's not a beat I like, so I was just like, ah. Like look, it. it's not a, a hip-hop beat. It's not. It's, it's not a hip-hop beat. But, like, at the time, I was like, oh, that's my shit. Just because I love the movie, too. Yeah. But, yeah, like, it's it's not a banger. Man, remember when soundtracks... Like, soundtracks... Like, you had to get soundtracks. Yeah. Soundtracks used to be the shit. The... One of the... I really like the Cradle to the Grave soundtrack. Do you remember that movie with DMX yeah. and Jet Li? Yeah. I remember I played the shit out of that album, that soundtrack. Uh, which other one was really dope with hip hop based? Um, There's man, I feel like hip hop had a lot. I miss the days of like, man, like damn, that soundtrack has like 14 bangers on yeah. it. Like, you gotta get it. You know what I'm saying? I used to save up when I was in in middle school, high school. Actually, even elementary, man. Elementary, I used to go to Tower Records or uh, there was oh, another. Shit. You store. said Tower, right? R.I.P. Oh, Tower oh, Records. What was, what was the? I think it was called the Warehouse. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a warehouse CDs. Warehouse CDs, yeah. So I used to go to those two stores when I was like in elementary and I would like buy like Biggie, uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Like that was my shit, bro. Yeah. And I remember like now looking back, why the fuck did my mom let me buy that <laughs> shit, bro? I was like, what the? I was like nine years old buying the most. You know what the funniest thing though? This is a story. Like my mom grew up in South Central or she lived in South Central. She didn't grow up there, but she lived there. Yeah. And um, in high school, she. My mom was very popular. She knew someone that knew Easy E. Oh, okay. And that dude went to, was like telling my mom like, "Hey, like you listen to this cassette. This this dude's gonna be really big." She's like, "Okay." It was the Boys in the Hood cassette. Oh shit. Before it really really blew. Yeah, yeah. It was like it was on its rise, and my mom kept it, and that was actually the first like cassette that I ever had, and I had a Walkman. My mom gave it to me, bro. I was like eight years old. <laughs> what the fuck was my mom digging? But yo, yo, shout out to your mom though. Yo, yo, like that, like really started me off with hip hop. Um, yeah. What are you listening to now? 
what I'm listening to now. Like, like obviously, we both listen to a shitload of music. Yeah. But like, like, just what are some of the songs currently that like you're just banging? Man, you know what I, you know what my downfall as a human being is that I listen to the same five or six songs on repeat when I drive and when I get up in the morning. Yeah. And I say downfall as a human being because as someone who works in this industry, I'm supposed to always be hunting down new music. But I get it though. But I'm a, I'm a comfort, like I'm a comfort food person. Like, right. This is what feels comfortable. This makes me feel good. Let me keep listening. Okay. So, to this. okay. Well, what's on the playlist currently, even if it's old. Okay. Right now, like the songs I'm for real listening to, um, St. John, um, what is it called? Is it called roses or rose? Oh man. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to gonna, gonna be pissed at myself if I got that wrong. I'm pretty sure it's roses or rose. Um, Caitlin, my friend, put me onto that. It's a, it got huge on TikTok. Is okay. how because she kept playing me TikTok. What genre? Fucking song. It's it's like a I don't want to call him rap man, but it's like you know, it's kind of like it's it's like alternative hip hop. I'm gonna put it. I'm gonna put it in rap for right okay. now. You know, uh, he's a great artist though. I, I I checked out a lot of his projects, but he that song blew up. The, there's a remix of that song and it blew up on TikTok. Okay. Caitlin loves TikTok. Wouldn't stop playing me fucking TikTok videos one day. And the song was playing, 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 playing. And eventually I was like, I got to go find the song. So <laughs> I fuck with this. Actually, hold on. I got to get this right. I'm going to look it up right now. Oh, you're talking about the EDM remix. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That, the, the, the EDM, like they really high pitched the vocals, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think it's called Roses. That shit is hard as fuck. Yeah, Roses. It is yeah. Roses. So so that that's, that's my but shit. I play that, that. That song got stuck on me from TikTok too. And it's yeah. on. I actually <laughs> added that into my EDM playlist. But you see how TikTok works? Bro, TikTok, like, is, the sh- bro, TikTok is what's currently getting me more plays right now than any other album. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but um, so, so that, I'm, that, I'm playing the, the fuck mix. out of that song. Uh, my dude Joey Cool has a song called Pirates yeah. that I can't get off of. He's got Ritz on it. Ritz, I swear to God, Ritz does not spit a whack verse this dude that guy is just a one all the time yes and he's got it you know he's got a guest feature on there and it's just the smoothest flow man i sort of got as soon as i heard it i think i texted my people at the label my, my old friends at the label and i was like why did no one tell me about this song like what the fuck's <laughs> going on you know what i'm saying i am listening to cap's new project black mass i got that heavy in rotation um I've been listening to um, the new Merce shit. Um, I got. I'll let him be the narrative on that as far as revealing what that is. But okay, I've been, I've so been, it's unreleased. It's unreleased, but okay. I've been listening to that a lot. Sick. Um, I'm trying to think of what else I'm listening to. You know what, man? There's an artist I really like out of. I think it's out of Rhode Island. It's out of the Northeast. His name is Joe Bruce. Joe, Bruce. you got to look him up. Okay, I'll uh, look it up. really, really talented young kid. Doesn't have a huge following yet. Hip hop. Hip hop. Okay. But he's making great music. Dope. And I've been keeping an eye on him. Um, if he happens to hear this, or Joe like, Bruce. Joe Bruce. Joe if Bruce. he happens to hear this, we'll see it, man. Like, I know you sent a song, man. I'm trying to get it. Like, <laughs> you know, but he's a really, he's a really good dude. Um, Sick. Yeah, man. I, I have like my, my little like playlist, you know, and then I, I have my, my favorites, you know. I, I go back to a lot of the shit that, that I grew up listening to. You know, I started listening to a lot lately was Bone Thugs and Harmony because I, fucking I love Bone Thugs. I always man. go back to them. I'm yeah. always like, you know. The, they have just so many great songs. One that like just gets me hyped every time is the uh, is the Bone Thugs featuring Tupac from the Artist War album. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. bro, Thug Love. Yeah. Oh that, like, and it has like the gunshots in it, like the gun cocking and the gunshots in the beat. Oh my god, bro, that's a banger. Yeah. But they're so dope, man. Their flows, their cadence, their their harmonies, they're they're incredible, man. They did they're doing stuff like that to this day is still next level. Yeah. Um, yo, you know what, man? Someone else who's, who's actually super dope. Um, you know, my homie cap, 
um, on top of like you know managing, we have a great friendship. He has a lot of dope people around him. He, he's been you know like I swear to God that dude should be an A and R the the way his mind works. But um, he has a lot of great artists around him. Um, Nico is, which is an artist that is, um, I believe he signed to Talib Kweli's label. Oh, dope. Nico is is one of the hardest spitters I've ever heard. This dude can spit in three languages. Oh shit! Um, yeah, he's on Cap's new shit on a song called Poltergeist. But he has such a voice, man. He comes on the mic and he commands the fucking room. That's this sick. dude kills it. Um, Ash Riser, who's um, out of L.A. He's, Ash Riser. Ash Riser. He's Ash worked Reiser. with Top Dog Entertainment a lot. He's worked with Kendrick Lamar. Sick. Um, great artist. Can sing. Can produce. Man. Can do it all. Um, self-provoked. Who's another artist out of here, yeah, out, yeah, out of yeah. California? You know, self-provoked. Yeah, yeah, know yeah. Self-provoked. So he, dude, he's the shit. Cat put me onto him, and I yeah, was like, yeah, yo, dope. I was like, dope flow, yeah, consistent, yeah, yeah man. Um, you know, I'm trying to tap into like a lot of stuff that maybe I wasn't aware of before. You know, Merz has a little homie from around the way. Um, I think he goes by Kojo. And there's so many dope artists out here. There is. It's like, like this insane. is it's insane. How name them. You like, know, like yeah, yeah, like like it's hard to keep up with, but it's great. That's the sure. great thing about yeah. it. Yeah. It's like, and it's like, there's a part of it where it's, there are too many whack rappers chasing the wrong goals that are here taking up the space. Yeah. Like it's oversaturated here. But then at the same time, on the flip side, there are definitely a lot of really dope artists out here. Yeah. For sure. I take, man, here's the thing. I always get asked about like, who are you listening to now? Who are you listening to now? Who are you listening to now? And sometimes I feel like I'm not caught up or fresh up enough with with what's happening right now or like, I don't know enough small names. Yeah. But here's the reality. I listen and I take my time to listen to artists. Dope. I will sit with an artist for a month or whatever and go through their catalog and be like, I really want to get a feel for them. You know, those kinds of things. That's why maybe sometimes... I, you know, I always have this inside feeling of like, oh man, maybe I'm not on the up and up. But let me tell you something. Everyone in the industry is so hungry and so desperate to find the next big thing that right. isn't known that they'll just start taking any any artist on and just and just being like, okay, like that artist, that artist, without really really ever listening or doing some artist development, right? right? But everyone just always wants to be the person that discovered the next big thing, yeah. Without any real you know knowledge of what that artist is or who yeah. it is, you know, you know. So I, I try to take my time listening to projects and listening to music. Um, also, man, here's something that maybe not enough people talk about, and I think Mac Lethal. Um, he, uh, he, you know, Max, a really good friend of mine from back in Kansas City, um, incredible artist, monster, has, bro. He's yeah, a monster. Been doing this for years, man. I love the dude. He he said this once, and it resonated with me. And I think he said that um, as an adult, your listening habits change, not even on a on a behavioral level, but like uh, your your brain, like it actually just changes the way that you listen and accept music and all those kinds of things. And I think that's very true, man. I'm 32. I have no problem saying that I don't listen to music the same way I did when I was 22. I just don't. I don't consume it the same way. That doesn't mean I love it any less. It just means like, man... In what way would you say you consume it differently? I think that now, you know, when I was 22, I maybe was rushing to the store to go buy music, Mm -hmm. come home at midnight, listen to it till 2 a.m., whatever, headphones on. Now I'm like... Man, I just had a long day. I'm going to listen to this project in the morning when I get up or something yeah. like that. You know what I'm saying? It doesn't mean I love it any less. It just means that like my my behaviors the, Yeah, my, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, that makes sense. That I got other things going though. on. So yeah. I so I do listen to it a little bit differently, you know? And I think that we as a society we we really have changed the way we listen to music. If you if you take a look at it actually when the pandemic hit, streaming numbers went down. Did they really? Yes. Because now suddenly 
people weren't driving to places. They weren't going to the gym. They weren't doing all these extracurricular. Places where they mostly consume. They weren't doing all these extracurricular activities where you because we discovered that people listen to music passively. Right. That's for sure. And so all these playlists that people like were curating and being so careful about, all of a sudden streams went down. Wow, that's actually streams went I, down. I never even thought about that, but that's that makes so much sense. People weren't they just weren't consuming music the yeah. same way. You know, you're at home all day. Yeah, I now that you mention it, I started listening to way more podcasts than I listen to music now. Yeah. Yeah, that's it's, crazy. It's, yeah, so like, and I remember like when that hit, everyone was trying to figure it out and it was like, yo, it's so simple. Like, we're just not doing the same things. Right. And a lot of people do listen to music passively. Yeah. A lot of those people who are like, man, the beat is so dope and never listen to the lyrics, like those are those people. Right. But those are the people who consume music. Yeah. You know masses. what I'm saying? So it's just, it's it's very interesting, man. Um, but yeah, I think um, I think a lot of people are so desperate to be A&Rs that just always want to be like, yo, I discovered this kid and I discovered this yeah. person. I think, you know, man, it's great. Like everyone do what you do you know i'm, I'm gonna do what i do and, and have confidence in the things that i do and and you know maybe i'm maybe i haven't discovered the next big thing but i don't need to i'm working with incredible artists that i trust and that i love yeah, man. i mean you got uh, just directly managing right now you got two fucking great artists like that you know man that's awesome yeah 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 and i think we have a lot of great things set up for the future um who knows what's gonna happen because of the pandemic you know the pandemic hit and it took away first of all most importantly it took away money because it took away touring and shows. Which is the only real way that artists survive. Right. It took that away. And all of a sudden, everyone was shuffling, trying to figure out what do we do next. Yeah. And then what we saw was literally everybody flooded the streaming market. Right. Live streaming, not, you know. Right, right. No, yeah, live streaming, online. Yeah. Everyone said, well, we're all going to do Twitch. And man, I, like, I have friends over at Twitch. Um and people who work within the space, mm-hmm. you know, like um, uh, the, the great Sarah Dope, um, a lot of people know her. She works within the space of, of live streaming and, 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 and video gaming and partnerships and brand partnerships. Um, but her world got flooded. You know, um, the people over at Twitch that work with us, they got flooded because suddenly every big artist in the world wanted to be on Twitch because yeah. that was how everyone That's, was going to make money. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of like, how do you figure it out? Now we're in the space where now everyone's doing these live stream shows. Yep. Is it the next, you know, answer? No, it's not. I don't think shows so. have to come back. They're yeah, gonna have sure. to come back. There's a there's a drastic difference in like you're not live stream. You're not watching online and buying merch. No, the, the, you the, can. I mean, right, the, no, no, they, yeah, they, yeah, yeah but, but they like, offer it. But doing a live show and selling merch at that live show, that's like those numbers are drastically different than just website sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and you also, I think one thing that people never consider, right, is the impulse buy. Right, you're at a yeah. show and you're at the table and you're like. Uh, I got to get something. Right. And you literally pick up anything. When you're online and you're watching a live stream show and you've got this option, it's like, well, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. I got the option. It's yeah. right there, whatever. Um, but the impulse buy is very powerful with the yeah. merchandise, you know? For sure. 100%. But that said, um, I think shows are going to have to come back at some point. I don't think they're coming back as soon as people think. I think people really have this idea that they're coming back like really soon. And I'm like, no, no, no. I'm it, like, you yeah. don't understand. Like, they're, it, they're yeah, for real it, not coming it, back. It doesn't look like anything's really going to start happening until maybe summer of next year. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so for right now, everyone's trying to live streaming game, and I think it's great. You know, I'm, I'm. I mean, I think that's that is important though for people to find a way to find like there. There are many people that are like, well, I don't know what the fuck to do now. Well, find try. Find yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, try live streaming. If that doesn't catch your attention or it's not working for you, then okay, find something else. But like that, that is important. 
to yeah. really adapt with the times. And that's right now, unfortunately, what the time is. Yeah. And I think what you're going to see is you're going to see artists trying to figure out how to do live streaming their way. And that's going to be right. the key, right? Because everyone's live streaming. But how do you do it in a way that, right. that you stand out? I just saw Billie Eilish is doing a 3D immersive, you know, wow. experience. I don't know what the hell that means, but I, I'm probably going to watch it because yeah. I need to do the research. I need right. to understand what the, what her team is doing. I want to know. Yeah. Um, the, uh, you know, other independent acts, um, Twisted, um, you know, Magic Ninja Entertainment, um, they're doing their own live stream. I think even like this this week or something like that. And I saw them promoting it like they're doing a music video for every song of one of their old albums. And I was like, well, that's a unique take. Like, yeah. like let me check that out. Let me see what they're doing. You know, yeah. I think it's important to keep uh, on the up and up on that. You know, um, Strange Music is doing their live stream. Yeah. You know, I saw a trailer for that and I was like, Jesus Christ, look at that fucking stage. Like, yeah. it's huge, bro. Like, but that's it's just like who's 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 going to figure out how to do this the best way. Right. You know? And run with it. Yeah, and then run, and then run with it, and so I think it's just the artist that's going to know their audience the best and know the technological capabilities. You know. Yeah, definitely, man. What? Okay, so that's music. I want to go into wrestling now. Because okay, you're a big wrestling fan. I am as well. Yeah, and uh, you you stay active with not only like WWE, but you stay active with like AEW, even some of the independent. Yeah. Um, when did you get into wrestling? What was like that moment that like wrestling was like holy shit this is fucking awesome and you became an actual fan i remember i was in probably i think i was in third grade maybe second or third grade and wwf had just ran wrestlemania 13 in chicago sick and that was a really significant wrestlemania because that was when austin and bret hart had that, their that, had their epic, match epic the turn match. And they had the, the turn the, the, yeah when he got all bloodied up and yeah. passed out they didn't tap so I remember being at school the next Monday or whatever, and one Did of the you kids. Watch that or no, no, I I didn't even see nothing at yeah, all. Okay, didn't okay. know about wrestling at the time. Um, a kid had come to school with pictures because he had gone oh, and wow. he was showing the pictures off in the schoolyard like before class, and he was like, "Oh, here's me," and he was like walking aside, uh, alongside Austin as Austin was coming to the arena. Oh shit! And he was like da da da, and I remember seeing the pictures and I remember just being like, "Who is that?" Like I don't I don't understand that. And then I went home, and. Raw was already on USA at the time. Yeah. So USA was on cable. And I remember like finding it. And I remember like, okay, and I just started watching. And immediately I was like, hooked. I was hooked. And Stone Cold Steve Austin is the reason that I watch professional wrestling. Mine too. Yeah. So this was during the time. Um, I don't know if it was shortly after or shortly before. I think it was shortly after. He went through, you know, storylines where um, he was... You know, he was tag champs with uh, with Dude Love, yeah. And then he was tag champs with HBK at some point, and then he was battling the Nation of Domination, you know, for the Intercontinental Championship, yeah. and all that was leading up to his eventual run between the late '97 and '98 when he did um, the you know against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania yeah. 14. My first WrestleMania that I ever watched at home was WrestleMania 14. My parents Sick. ordered that for me. One of my favorite memories ever as a kid, and that was when Stone Cold Steve Austin won the championship for the first time, the yep. World Heavyweight Championship against Shawn Michaels. It was Shawn Michaels' last match for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was his like retirement, yeah. Yeah. He didn't think he was going to come back. Right. He was injured, and he didn't come back to, to wrestle till 2002, I, I believe, or something yeah. like that. But anyway, that was such a significant thing. And so from 97 till about 2001 or two, I watched religiously. And I just had this talk with with my friend, because we were talking about wrestling. Yeah. I, I dropped off, and it's so funny because I was old enough to understand it wasn't real, but I just didn't like it so much. I dropped off when Austin became a heel. 
with the invasion angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was the like the WCW invasion. And he was angle. like McMahon's buddy. Yeah, and yeah. He had the red I, skull now. I dropped off because I just I was like, oh, I'm not feeling this. Bro, I was so pissed. I was so <laughs> pissed, man. I was so pissed because I was like, how fucking dare you put him with the enemy? Yeah, like McMahon is the worst. Yeah, and like he. But there were there was a lot of comedic value to it for sure. And like he's even talked about it openly, like that helped him like open up a part of his career that he never could have done had he stayed in the same spot. Uh, so going back to that and listening to his interviews, I can appreciate that part of him now. But yeah, when I was when I was there and watching it, I was like, when the fuck is he gonna stun the yeah. man? When is he gonna go back to saying, "Ha ha, this is all a joke"? And it just lasted so long. I was so fucking angry. Yeah, he was fucking awesome still. But he was a dick. Yeah. And if, if I'd watched it through my eyes now, like now being, you know, way later down the line as a wrestling fan, I would probably enjoy it now because yeah. I, I would appreciate the, the the performance that he put right. on, you know, as a heel. But at the time, I just wasn't feeling it. So I dropped off for probably about two or three years. And then I ended up coming back into WWE. And as I got older, my, my, the, my reasons for liking professional wrestling changes the older I got. Because it went from just appreciating the performance and, and you know, like, oh, yeah, it's pro wrestling. I started to appreciate the athleticism. Yeah. And I was I was really watching it through the eyes of these guys are doing stuff that I could never do. These are real athletes and they're doing phenomenal phenomenal they, work in they, the ring. They wing it. Like or yeah. not, sometimes kind of wing it. I mean they do, but like they 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 communicate in the ring, but it's it's live improv choreography. Yeah. At a high fucking level. At a high level. They're telling stories with their bodies and it's incredible and, and, and I appreciate it. And if you really it. are like someone that's really into wrestling you you see that there's an actual psychology to the story being told through the match yeah like it's not just bang bang fall get up bang bang fall get up pin like they're the good the great ones are telling a story in that match that's like an art form in its own aside from the actual physical moves absolutely you know what man i was watching i was watching um there's a thing on the network right now it's like the undertaker versus randy orton it's yeah. like untold they, they just aired it uh on sunday after hell in a cell yeah I watched it. And during it, all I could think was, this is why I've always found a marriage between music and professional wrestling. I always carry the things over because there's so many things that you can carry over, man, from a creative yeah, standpoint. I see that. Professional wrestling has what they call promos and vignettes. Yeah. I based so much of my work because I did a lot of producing of like promos and, and promotional videos, um, you know, throughout the years. Yeah. I a lot of that work is based on what I understood from professional wrestling, taking the dramatic People aspects. Don't fucking understand the level of not only intelligence but the level of being ahead of the game of Vince McMahon. Yeah, his his exact the the vignettes, the teasers, the trailers, the promos. What he's done is like what so many industries are barely starting to do. It next level, captivating, and at the highest production it's crazy but when yeah, i see like, when i see a good vignette all i can think is oh man how can i how can i translate this into like an album teaser or yeah. a song or like whatever it is that's all my mind does yeah. because i always want to produce content at the highest level and wwe does that as far as as introducing yeah. new stars and things yeah. like that they've always done great with whether storytelling whether it's the new stars or whether it's a, a feud yeah anything like like you get hyped on those promos that they do yeah i 100% agree with you and like I think more people need to think like that because that is like like they they've proven over and over that that's that's what gets people invested. Oh yeah. Like that's why like now the UFC that's real like tries to take that They've angle adapted. Now. They've adapted traits. Yeah. yeah. Like even Brock Lesnar said at one interview was like 
Vince McMahon is a better businessman than Dana White. Like Vince, oh no, uh, he's a, he, I'm sorry, he's a he, uh, he's a better promoter. He, I best think promoter. I'm sorry, that's the word. He's a better promoter. Dana White doesn't know how to do that, and now they're trying to. But yeah, yeah, like Vince McMahon has been at the head of the. That's how I see. That's how I see. I, I know it's going to sound corny, and people are going to roll their eyes because I know a lot of people in the industry don't like professional wrestling. I get it, but that's how I see music. I'm like, how do I promote this guy? That's fucking. How brilliant. do I put him over? No, how do I put that's him over? Real shit. And one day they're going to look back at who anybody that's ever rolled your eyes at you for that, or that, or like even right now or whenever. This is the fucking answer. This guy knows. Like that shit works. Like that is facts. You know, I think that there's traits from all types of industry that are entertainment that you can take, but for um, sure. But yeah, but like I've always tried to marry professional wrestling and, and music, and thankfully the people around me are like Cap is into wrestling, Murs is heavily into wrestling. He loves AEW, oh, so we talk about AEW all the time. Yeah. and you know, and he'll talk to me in like in wrestling terms. He'll be like, I don't know, man. Should like he, he'll be like, you know, we'll be talking about like doing a video drop or like a pro, and he'll be like, I don't know, man. Should this should this be a shoot? Yeah. And, and I'll be like, okay, I'm like, man, it could be a wrestling. A, I'm like, it could be a shoot. I'm like, or I'm like, it could be a work. I'm like, what do you want to do? You know, that's dope. Um, that's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you know, and everything's a gimmick to us and like that's <laughs> you know it's just how we talk but that's like sick. it's 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 real good to have that communication because he understands it and so do i yeah um but yeah man um i got back into pro wrestling and the older i got the more i started to appreciate the indies and the outside organizations you know yeah. new japan yeah is one of my favorite like that's i've never really got into the indies but i hear amazing things and i know that if i watch it i would like it yeah it's nothing against it it's just like as it is i barely have enough time to watch like that's, wwe that's the thing that's why it's understandable like sometimes we'll speak to a lot of people like um you know a lot of my friends who watch wrestling will sometimes say like oh i've never watched new japan and i'm like i don't blame you because there's a lot to watch yeah i, I remember at one point because new japan used to be i don't know if they saw on, on on access tv i hit record on my dvr before I knew it, I had 87 hours in New Japan Holy on my shit. on my DVR. There's a lot of content to yeah. consume, and there's a lot to keep up with. So I get it, man. I, even I sometimes like you know I'm like ah oh, I got to get through this. I Whatever get I see it on Facebook shared, and I end up watching it there. Like yeah. holy fuck, like this is fucking great. Yeah. So you know my my love for professional wrestling, man, it, it exists in a lot of aspects of my life. Who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Would it, it be Stone Cold? It is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mine too. However. I do think that the greatest professional wrestler of all on, time, uh, yeah, on a skill level, is Shawn Michaels. Me too, a hundred percent, absolutely. Agree. Shawn and, Michaels, and, and even Stone Cold says that. Yeah, he said the greatest athlete or the, the greatest professional wrestler on the art, the craft, would be Shawn Michaels. Shawn sure. Michaels is. A, if you go back and watch his matches, man, phenomenal. And you know what, man, you could argue that the second half of his career is better than the first half. He did such great storytelling on that second half. Yeah, and. Like, as shitty as, like, no, I, mean, I wouldn't even say shitty, but as much as Ric Flair wasn't at a level to compete with Shawn Michaels right. on that final match of Ric Flair, like, that storytelling... The emotion. The, the storytelling was exquisite. Mm-hmm. And, and Shawn Michaels, like, knew how to sell, a little overselling, but in a way that actually made it feel like, damn, this is, this is fucking deep. Yeah. And, yeah, so his, his in-ring ability, his storytelling... His reactions, everything is untouchable. Yeah, man, and and uh, you know, I I've grown to have such an appreciation for all aspects of it. Um, two two of my friends, one of my best friends, um, Ryan Hood. A lot of people know him as Hoodie. He was um, he was a full time professional wrestler at one point. Sick. You know, he was with the the Howlets in uh, in NWL in Kansas City, which was an organization that existed out there. Mm-hmm. But he also has wrestled in Ring of Honor, and he's done. Dope. You know, he's got his brother wrestles too, man. His wow. brother. Um, Anaya and um, 
Um, you know, another friend of mine, Marty Bell, who has wrestled, uh, you know, she wrestled in WWE May oh. Young uh, tournament. She's wrestled for Impact Wrestling. She's wrestled for NWA. You know, these are people I've had around me. And it's so incredible to see the things that they're capable of yeah. and be able to talk to them about it. Man, I'm the annoying friend who's in the room and I'm like, okay, but how do you do this? Like, I remember like we were watching WrestleMania or something recently and I would just like lean into Ryan and I'd be like, okay, man, I'd be like, but how do you protect your calls? Like when you're in the yeah, ring, how yeah, do you protect yeah. your calls? Like, you know, he probably gets annoyed and I do that to him all the time, but I love talking about pro wrestling and 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 the logistics of it and how they make it happen and the emotion and how do you do the storytelling man it's incredible i love yeah. it so i i you know i think it's it's hand in hand with music i think the promotion aspect is i'm i think of myself at the end of the day as someone who tries to sell music and yeah. i'm like how can i promote this to you yeah so something like professional wrestling that all it does is promote i'm like come on like let's go yeah that's, that's a great thing to integrate yeah you know how do you get to that next step so yeah what what would you say is like one of your favorite matches of all time? Which was the one that like you can remember the most? Like, damn, like I I, I can watch this pay per view or this match anytime. There's two matches that, um, man. There's actually two matches that really resonate with me when I think about the athleticism. I made my girlfriend. You know what? I'm gonna pick one because it was a match I made my girlfriend watch, and she doesn't like pro wrestling. So it was like the first time I exposed her to pro wrestling. Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar, and it's WrestleMania. Bro. Uh, is it 19 or something like that? Maybe even 17? The one where Rock Lesnar does a shooting star press and misses? Yes. Yeah. It's that one. That That's a fucking great match. They suplex the shit out of each other in that match. But it's such an athletic competition between yeah. two guys who are actually legit like shooters, like yeah. legit wrestlers. Yeah. Um, I love that match. I can watch that match on repeat and always find something new that I enjoy about it. That's a great match. Man, that, that one, do you, do you have one? Oh, man. Um... I think one of my favorites of all time is probably the Rock versus Stone Cold WrestleMania 15. Okay, so their second one. Their They're, second WrestleMania match. No, that was their first one. Oh, was it the first? That was first? the first one. Damn, I'm yeah, wrong. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because it's 15. Sorry, yeah. 15. So they did 15, 17, and 19. Yeah. 15 was their first one, and that's when Austin got the title back because yeah. Rock was champion in that one. Uh, just, it wasn't the most, like, technical wrestling ever, yeah. but... It was just nonstop high energy, fast paced, very aggressive. You could like, even though you know they got along very well in real life while yeah. they were wrestling, but like their on on screen chemistry as far as wrestling goes felt tense as hell at all times. Yeah, They're grabbing the water, spitting on each other, like just uh, you know fighting outside by by the uh, the announce table, fucking getting the the. Uh, the camera cables. Yeah. They were like choking. Like they were just going raw and it was like aggressive, but like not overdone. Are but they you, still kept a, like a, like a very fundamental wrestling to it. Like they were doing moves while also beating the fuck out of each other. Yeah. Arguably one of the best um, feuds, I think. For sure. Well, I, I, I say, I think as you know, no, like it is one of the best. For feuds. sure. To me, it's, it's the, the greatest feud of all time. Yeah. Because not only because of the intensity of their storylines that, that happened, like they had some great ass feuds in the, uh, uh like beef in the storylines, but also too like the level of superstar of each of them was just like unmatched. No yeah. one's ever been at that high. Two like top dogs at that level, that much like like draw power and, and captivation. Like everyone was invested in that. Like it was un, uh, like unbeatable. Everyone who knows me in my life is going to be real happy that I just took a drink of water. Oh, I'm, notor I'm notorious for not drinking water. Really? So I drink water like all. I almost kill like one of these gallons a day at least. My body's made of 
beer and mimosas. <laughs> mimosas are delicious, man. I fuck every time on uh, my birthday every year. I go to like uh, to the spa, and they have like free mimosas or free drinks, and I always get mimosas. Yeah, yeah. No, there you go. This is um, fucking delicious. But yeah, man, I think uh, you know. I think a lot of people miss the point with. Have uh, you ever gone to a WrestleMania? No. And you know what my first one was going to be? The one that's coming. The up. one that was supposed to be, to be here. LA. Oh, I'm so pissed. I was going to buy tickets. I've been to two WrestleManias. This is going to be my third. Where you been? Uh, I've been to. They had one here. The WrestleMania yeah. was Hollywood. They did that. I forgot what year that was. And then I went in 2015. I think it was 20. Yeah, 2015. Uh, up by uh, San Francisco. It was in San Jose, technically. Oh, um, at the Niners Stadium? Yeah. Oh, bro. That one was a that was an incredible WrestleMania, man. Uh that was the one with Sting. The one with Sting and DX and NWO. That yeah. was so fucking awesome. Uh that was the first time I seen uh um Seth Rollins was going for the for the curb stomp. Randy Orton throw like lifts him up, he pops him up in the air and catches him with the RKO yeah. off. That bro, that was the first time they did that, at least that I saw like live. I don't think they had ever done that before live. Maybe they did in a dark match or something. But that was like, holy shit. And then Seth Rollins comes out and, and cashes in the money in the bank. And yeah. takes, like, I was so pissed because right there, <laughs> Brock, I was like a big Brock Lesnar fan at that time. Like yeah. he, he was still very, he was over at that time. And I was like, hell yeah. And then I was like pissed. But then I also thought like, man, that is a fucking phenomenal ending. It like, really was because like, if he had to lose the title, if it had gone to Reigns, it, it would have been chaos. Yeah. Like the fans would have, you know. But but Seth got the pop. It was amazing. It was amazing. I was pissed, but fucking hyped. I um no, I haven't been to WrestleMania. It's on my bucket list. Um, and it's so funny, man, because the one that was coming here, the Hollywood one, I like when they went when they first announced, announced it, it. Immediately texted my girl like, "We're going to this." Yeah, like I, I texted like, one of my good friends who's gone to both WrestleManias with me. I yeah. was like, "Yo, be ready." And yeah. like, he's like, he just had a kid too. He's like, "I don't know, man." I was like, "No fucking excuses. <laughs> I'll pay for your babysitter. Let's go." Yeah, but um, the I only other time to pay for his babysitter, the only other time I came close I to it. the only other time I came close to going, and this is I mean this is kind of fucked up, but like they were in Chicago. It was I think WrestleMania 22 is when Cena and Triple H had a match. Oh yeah, yeah. And remember, like Cena came down, and he had all the the mili- uh, the, the people, the people in the like the mobsters. He had the mobsters because yeah, 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 they were in it, Chicago. It was like um, CM Punk was one of the mobsters. Was he really? Yeah. And bro, I was at a wake that day. Oh shit! And um, no, I mean, I was like, what I'm about to say is gonna completely destroy your oh shit. Um, I was at a wake, and I'd been there all day. And I remember like I was in the hallway um, of the funeral parlor. God, this is gonna make me sound like the worst person in the world. I was in the hallway of the funeral parlor, and I was talking to a friend of mine. And I remember just being like, "Oh man," I was like, "I'm missing WrestleMania." <laughs> And one of the friends of the person who oh, had just passed away was no. right behind me. And I was like, and she was like, oh, well, I'm so sorry. It's such an inconvenience. And I was like, oh, I was like, damn, fuck my life, wow. you know. But I went home and I watched WrestleMania. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't know what to tell you. Hey, man. It, it's- but um, but that was that was the closest I ever got to going. Um, I'm going to regret this. God, they're going to. I'm going to regret saying that but um hey man but sometimes like where we feel things and and like it could also be too like there are times when 
Like I hate wakes and funerals, and I've been to a few. And I, I hate don't like. It. I don't like, like going I, to. I, them. Like I'd rather. Like I wish I didn't have to go. Like when no. people invited me, like I don't want to go. Yeah. So the last place I want to be. Like I understand like being there to support the like the people that are mourning, especially like family members and stuff like that. Um, but like I don't like it. No. And I would like to even be anywhere else but that. And I think and if WrestleMania was happening, of course, like I would want to be at a WrestleMania. Um, you like the, like. From someone who knows someone that's passed away, like you want to do something that takes your mind off of it. Yeah. But like, I can understand, like, Dan, that kind of sucks to hear, but it's like at the same time, it's like, man, no one wants to be here sad. No, man. Um, who, who is it? Uh, one ton of potluck says, I don't do, um, um, not that this is not that that would be recreational, but he says I don't do recreational sadness. So that's what he says when you ask him if he's seen like a movie or documentary that's very serious or something like that. He's like <laughs> I don't do recreational sadness, but that's what that reminds me of of like not recreational, but like right, I right. I choose to not expose myself to things that are gonna like emotionally like drain really fuck me up. Yeah. Like, you know, um, I no I don't like wakes. I've been to plenty of them. I had to sp- I've had to speak at wakes. Like it's not that's, that's yeah it it's tough, man. I actually have told my mom specifically like that if I ever pass away while like you know they're all alive and stuff like do not i don't want i don't want a funeral i don't want to wake i don't want anything sad like have a fucking party and like do a slideshow or some shit or play some <laughs> like funny family embarrassing videos or something something that's comical like yeah i don't want sadness like i want you guys to just do something fun go go do an activity yeah um, no i mean it's 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 tough man like you know I, I i had a friend and i had to go speak at his shit and like oh man like i'll never forget that you know just you know but it is I also think everyone grieves their own way, mm-hmm. and and so what I don't like is when people get judged for grieving a certain way or whatever it is. I'm, I'm like, listen, man, like you got to let people do what yeah, they're gonna I do. Yeah, I agree. You know, yes, yeah, so, like some people dwell more, some people look forward more. Uh, like for me, I my grandma was a huge part of my life. She passed away. Um, she helped raise me. Whenever I think of her, like I don't get sad. I actually like. It's a, it's a, they're happy thoughts and they actually make me happy even though she's gone and I would like her to be here. Yeah. She's not, but I, it, there's nothing negative that I feel when I think about her. But I, but I know people that when they think of like someone that they love that passed away, like they, it kind of like destroys their day and it makes them sad. And like, okay, that's how you go about it. That's fine. Like, I, I think there's a better way, but like to me, you know, I'm not going to judge you on how, you know, you shouldn't do that. But on the flip side too, like if someone's like, well, you should be more sad. Why? Why yeah. should I be more sad? Like, I have my way about it and like I'm there's nothing negative or harmful to my thought process like why is it a problem yeah um we got to talk about these Star Wars posters oh yeah 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 so uh you guys can see two I got the rogue one I got the episode four but along this wall they continue four five uh yeah four five six seven and then don't have them up there yet, but I will have a set, an eight and a nine. And then I do have a Kylo Ren lightsaber floating on the wall over there. Yeah. Man, so what's crazy is, okay, so I am familiar with Star Wars, as in I have watched the movies, and I know a lot of... Have the, you seen all of them? Yes. And except I know, for Rogue except One. Except for said. Rogue One. I haven't seen... Oh, and you know what I haven't seen? I haven't seen Rogue One, and I haven't seen the latest in the, tril- in the last trilogy. Episode nine. Episode nine. Oh, so I was talking to you off air about my issues with it and I didn't know you hadn't seen it. Oh, oh it's fine because the issues you had with it, I feel like everyone, I, I've already oh, okay. read okay, it. You okay, know? Okay, okay. Man, listen, my phone stays glued to my hand and unfortunately it's, it's a very bad habit and I'm on Twitter a lot so okay. I see everything. It's inevitable. So I saw it. Um, but I'm familiar with Star Wars. I'm familiar with the folklore but it's really interesting to me because so many people around me are like really into Star Wars yeah. and like really have like, you know, like their, their, their likes or dislikes and you know, all, all the, the the mythology and um, 
I have not caught on to The Mandalorian. Oh, it's so fucking good. It's one of the best things in Star Wars, like lore, bro. But what I like the most about The Mandalorian is the little baby Yoda memes. I fuck oh, with those. So good, I fuck with those. Bro, the memes are great, but also like in the show. But he's so adorable, man. He's so adorable. <laughs> like it's so fucking sick. I actually remixed the the theme song to The Mandalorian. I have oh, a hip hop. Yeah, I have a hip hop trap version that's oh, on damn. Spotify and everything. Yeah. Um, I, I love Star Wars. I love The Mandalorian. It's the theme song is super dope on its own, and then I made it like super hip hopped out. Yeah. Uh, it's a banger. Yeah. Uh, but man, that show is so good. Season right now, it's Tuesday. The day the Dodgers won, um, on Friday or midnight on Thursday night on Disney Plus, the first episode of season two drops. Okay. So I think it's I think it's like eight to ten episodes for the first season. I can't recall. Yeah. It's really fucking good. There are a lot of callbacks to a lot of like the original movies and characters. Like they're like super deep cuts that yeah. like make their way into the show or are referenced. Um. But this new season is going to int- uh, bring in a lot more. Not only like like they're they've confirmed Boba Fett, which is fucking massive because since uh, Return of the Jedi, no, no, yeah, was it Return of Jedi? He died. Okay. Or, so it was it was thought that he died in the Scarlet, um, in Tatooine. That big old like, uh, yeah, 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 you know, monster. I actually do the, know what you're talking about. Yeah, so he fell in there. Um, and so it's always been like, oh, he died, but they were like a bunch of other comics or storylines where he, oh, he came out, he came out, but nothing that's been like officially canon. canon. But now that he's coming back, it's canon that, oh, no, he got out. Um, so th- that's going to be dope. They're bringing in a star. I don't know if you've ever seen the Star Wars Rebels or the Star Wars Clone Wars uh, animated it's shows. An animated series, yeah. They're fucking good, bro. Never watched them. Really fucking good. I haven't seen every single season and every single episode, but I've seen quite a few they they hold up like yeah. even though it's an animated kid show like it's at a high level especially clone wars is it, like it feels like movie quality as far okay. as even like the, the 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 characters the writing it's legit it doesn't feel like a kiddie show i feel like i'm missing out man i'm gonna have to catch up on there's it. so much man there's so but it's awesome i fucking love star wars man you know what's something that's really interesting um i think maybe you have some thoughts on this but um you know when you pivoting back to like artist stuff and all that kind of stuff um, it's been happening a lot. Like, there's a lot of conversation lately in the industry about mental health and like mm-hmm. artists and taking care of artists and that kind of stuff. And I feel like some people are just posturing for that conversation, and then some people actually do give a shit. Yeah. But it's a really interesting time, I think, because it's it's really when now more artists are coming out and actually speaking on it and saying like, hey, like, like we do need emotional help sometimes yeah. we, we are in these positions and i think that um you know i don't know if you follow dj booth on twitter no okay so um dj booth and then z who's their editor-in-chief a really great human being he he just drops gems on twitter and he's always you know talking about, about stuff check him out yeah yeah definitely um really great human being but he you know he's a very big proponent of mental health and artists and those kinds of things and that's always just an ongoing conversation yeah. things like that you know um but I think it's really interesting the era that we're in of it because, you know, I, in some aspect, it's used as a marketing scheme. For sure. You know? And it's so it's, many artists exploit. Oh, man. Out, it's crazy. And then, you know, like, and then there's those who are like, yo, like, no, I'm actually suffering from this, but yeah. like, thanks for, you know, exploiting it. Like, you know, I think it's really important that if you work in the industry, if you are a manager, if you are at a label, 
if you're a label rep, whatever sort of whatever your 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 role is in the industry and you take care of an artist, part of your job should absolutely be to check on their mental health. And that doesn't mean that you have to be the therapist. That's not what I'm saying. I'm yeah, saying yeah. See if they need a therapist. Right. See if they need a counsel, uh, or excuse me, a counselor. See if they need any sort of you know help in that area because no one is taking care of these artists, and so many of them are having breakdowns behind the scenes, right? Or or feel like they're alone, or feel like they can't go to anyone. And you know what else, man? Mental health has a gigantic stigma because it has a stigma of weakness. And and unfortunately, most artists are males who unfortunately are mostly taught to fucking man up and shut the fuck up and deal with it. And so here's, and so here's the thing, right? At the end of the day, your mental health is your responsibility. So sure. you, you, it's kind of like what they say, uh, um, you know, like if you're a drug addict, like yeah. you can't help a drug addict until they want, they want to, the help. They want the help. Yeah. Same exact thing with mental health. Like for sure. You I have to agree. want the help. With that said, man, like no one is checking on them though. There's no, there, yeah, I agree with you hundred percent. There's no major attempt for people to, Say, hey, this is something that could be affecting you or someone that's in the industry. Do you need the help? And yeah, I agree with you 100%, man. That's that's real factual shit. People, the hip-hop industry especially, man, is very egotistical, very bravado. Like, it's very, like, cool guy. I don't give a fuck. No, right. like, like, I can handle everything. Um, it's It's very don't share emotions. Yeah. Don't, 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 uh, I don't need anyone. There's a lot of that being like taught. Oh, like you're, you're sad about something. Stop being a bitch. Yeah. It's fucked up. It's, it's weird, man. And like, I'm very like, I'm, I'm pretty open about my mental health. Like I have, uh, you know, I, I had a therapist. Um, I still, you know, I Bro, still, I, think people need, I still do uh, therapy. Wrong. That, that stigma is bullshit. Yeah. The idea to talk to someone to help you get clarity and help you through something that's mentally draining or holding you down. Why the fuck is it a problem to get to overcome something it's, or try to overcome something? What y- the fuck? You would be amazed at how many people see it as a weakness because then they put you in this box of like, oh, okay, like he's overwhelmed. He's stressed. He can't do this. He's got to go like be crazy or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But as someone who has participated in therapy, it's the number one thing. I tell people all the time. I'm like, go see a therapist. And Bro, then the, the idea of getting on these fucking pills or getting on all this bullshit medication is horseshit like that's making you like like there's some people that have definite like like their brains wired a little different chemical imbalances chemical imbalances and like okay yeah some people need it legitimately but the majority of people need therapy or something that's like that that would actually help them as opposed to suppress and take this suppress and take that yeah what the fuck man and let me tell you man like if you've never if you know i mean obviously you have but like for those of you who've never worked in the music industry whew like this shit is it, tough as it fuck wears on outside you. of any mental issues yeah like, like if you are the strongest person you know this shit will beat your fucking ass it'll make you it'll stress you the fuck out it'll make you fucking want to rage it'll, everything you can imagine negative almost can come from the music industry because it's a tough industry people are fucking grimy people do you dirty people take advantage people lie to you people fucking don't want to help you they only want from you like it's a fucking hard-ass industry that fucking kicks people's ass physically and mentally yeah it's just uh, i think it's a really interesting time in, in the industry i think it's been about two years now three years um of of mental health you know what i would call exploitation yeah but i'm like that's cool i'm like y'all putting out songs about it y'all putting out projects about it your marketing behind it your branding behind it what are any of you actually doing, doing about, about it? it? 
100%. are the labels helping like please like help these it, artists it's, it pisses me off when i see these people using it because it's trendy like like they're using it because they like i i see it all the time man they're it's it because so many people want to also be the victim like they're con like these artists that are exploiting it are making people like a lot of people that are not really suffering exaggerate their circumstances so that they can become victims also to get the pity parties and then they're like like there was a uh, an artist that I had a conversation once with and and he has like some like legit mental uh, uh, like health issues where he you know he does feel a lot of depression and so I was I was asking him like hey man I, you make a lot of very emo depressive music and I get that you feel that you are not one of those that is exploiting you're like one of the like the genuine people in that market but outside of any of that like I'm not judging you on that do you feel that by you creating all this music that you are instead of helping people you're contributing to them drowning themselves more he's like well no uh i don't want to get into the full full response but essentially it was like like no like that's just how i feel and i want to share it which is which is all good like i i do think yeah. that the majority of of great art has come from pain yeah like like the real great artists have not been you know the happiest people in the world so there's a level of like sincerity like yeah you share what you feel what you know but the majority of artists right now that go into that market are not really suffering from these things at a high level like most well, in my in my my beef with it is I'll even take the artist out of the equation. The executives who profit off of this yeah. are the first ones to 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 think that this is not an issue. Yeah, um, and that's where my problem is that the executives who are really profiting off of this whole mental health awareness and and putting out music and this kind of thing. I'll take the artists out of it because I think the artists, you know, like let's say they're sincere in their efforts, but the executives, man, yeah, they're the ones not taking care of the artists. They're the ones who don't care. And they're the ones who are at the end of the day are benefiting from it. Yeah, I think like like I've made some emo songs based on real shit that I went through. Um, and like there's no I have no problem with people making songs that are sad or emotional or or even promote any of like the, you know, anything that's that that's that's tough mentally. Like I feel like you should be able to talk about those moments because we as humans go through that on a like frequently maybe not on everyday basis maybe some people more than others but in this life it's not all happy like we do have a lot of struggles in life so you should definitely share it and let people know this is real but at the same time yeah don't exploit don't fucking pro like don't try to just feed off that and like oh like how can i pimp this out like that sucks do something about it it's, it's yeah. just, it's just, that's just all i'm saying is like like actually like like be of help you know yeah it's kind of like how are you uh, finding people how are you using your voice to find help for people I try to take breaks from social media. And honestly, if I didn't have to work within this space, I probably would not be on social media. I say that consistently too. I actually don't really like social media at all. It creates certain opportunities that are ne uh, necessary for what we do. Um, but honestly, it's exhausting to me. No, like, the number one thing it does, um, and, I've, and I've had to have conversations with the with artists about this, it creates a comparison thing. You have, yeah. You're constantly comparing. And sometimes I got to be like, stop that, stop that, stop that. But I spend all day saying that. And then I got no you, one. I have no one telling me to stop that. And I have to stop that because I'm just all day on Instagram. Like, oh, man. Mm -hmm. And it does happen. And you know what? That that also ties into the mental health thing. Yeah. Like that is very. like um, What's that new documentary that came out about social media? Oh. Um, the the social whatever. I forgot. Dilemma? What yeah. The, the social, social dilemma. dilemma on Netflix, I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but I've just like I've. 
heard like reviews or, or you know portions of it from people that have seen it um and like everything that they talked about i'm like yes that definitely is yeah contributing to this like negative mindset on people i'll say this working in social media teaches you right away how damaging social media is because you're suddenly able to pinpoint things yeah. you're like oh that, she's that kind of person he's that kind of person that you have these categories that you can put people in yeah. according to how they behave on, on social media right like oh that's the guy that if, if he's in the hospital he's gonna take a selfie yeah. and but but then in the caption not gonna put what happened to him or whatever because he wants people to like ask yeah you know and then oh she, she's the one who just went through a breakup and now she's like putting you know like everyone fits into these categories yeah. but then as someone who's worked in the social media you start to understand like okay people don't fit into these categories but we're doing that because this is how they behave on social media but then you start to understand how damaging it is and you're like oh man like this is like you're like i gotta get out like yeah i wish i could i wish yeah. i didn't have to use social media yeah no i agree um the majority of the people that i follow on social media are uh people that that motivate me or are doing something really fucking awesome. Yeah. Like that's what I try to follow more because it's it's like they say you are who you hang with. Yes. It's also like you now, are what you, now, you are, now it's like you are what you consume. I was about to say you are what you consume. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, getting a lot of this, you know, bullshit tends to, it, you know, you humans are adaptive. We adapt to whatever the fuck our surroundings are, whether it's the content on social media, whether it's the videos we're watching on YouTube or Netflix or we adapt and unfortunately a lot of people don't see how they're adapting into these negative ways and not negative ways, like their behavior is fully changing, but their negative mindset or these draining mindsets or like whatever it is, you know, it's like these things that they just adapt to that's inhibiting their personal progress. Yeah, no, absolutely. But that's, I think that's really dope, man, that you even bring that up. Like, like you said, man, nobody really talks about it in music. And I think it's something that definitely people need to talk about, be more aware of be more helpful and more mindful of like, there, there's been, there, there's been a movement more like this, this last year and, and like last year and a half of people who actually, you know, excuse my language, but actually give a shit. Yeah. And so they're actually trying to, to push it. How forward. dare you say give a shit right now when we've been saying F bombs all yeah. day. How but, dare um, you say that shit now? No, I'm just kidding. Continue. That's just the way I speak. I always, I always love the way I speak because I think like, I cuss a lot when I, sp yeah, when I talk, no, I do all the time. Like I love it. But, um, um, I think it's it's just something that you know it's not that people aren't talking about it it's more doing what are we doing about yeah. it and and when you do speak about it what like what is your tone when you're speaking about mm -hmm. it are you are you speaking about it as if it's just like oh it's this issue that exists over here and it's whatever like no yeah. like hey man like like this year hit people hard that really was hard. my biggest thing with the pandemic man the thing about the lockdown that that pro, that made me most I don't know. How can I put it? What word? Um, I felt just more like empathetic towards people. Not like there's so much to it, but like the biggest thing was like, man, pe humans are not designed to be at home and we need balance in our life. Like for me, I'm a workaholic, but I also like to have my balance and I, and I know to take my breaks because if I don't, I get in, I, I get frustrated faster um, like, like, th like the, the fun starts getting sucked out of it. Like the, yeah. and that's me being super aware of myself, knowing like quick little things to like, make sure that I do or don't do. So I don't fall into that. A lot of people are being forced to stay, were, and to this day still being forced to stay home or trying to be at home and can't do a lot of the things we normally do to socialize. Most people like that, that's detrimental to their mental health. Like yeah. that, 
what the how the fuck do, like kids especially is where I feel really bad. Like kids can't be stuck in. They need to go run around. They need to go in school. They need to socialize. Need, like whatever it is, right? But like ex, like they have a lot of energy. That shit needs to get put out. They need to go do something. Yeah, man. And and kids not being able to hang out with friends, being stuck inside, not being able to do certain things. Like man, like. I am just worried about what that's going to do for them. It, like if this drags on a lot longer for like their, cause you know, you're, they're sponges right now. Any little thing like that can alter and change yeah. their path dramatically. I think that's interesting. No, like, I mean, we've all been going through it. I mean, honestly, yo, I was on actual, actual lockdown. Like I didn't see anybody. I didn't see a human being that I knew for four or five months. Fuck. That's how long I went without seeing Bro, that's anyone. that's crazy. And when I finally saw people, I saw two people. It was my best friend, Caitlin, and one of my other best friends, um, hoodie yeah and i finally got to see them in a controlled environment where we were like okay we're safe enough to see each yeah. other and i remember like i saw caitlin and i gave her a hug and it was the first time i hugged a human being in four or five months and it was like like it was actually like emotional i was like oh yeah. my god i was like i was like this is what it's like i was like it's been so long but man going that long without having like my usual routine and and this and the other like it was it was hard i didn't yeah. know i didn't know what was gonna happen i would wake up every day and there'd be days where I had a lot of trouble getting out of bed because it's almost like you get this overwhelming feeling of like, well, for what? Yeah. Like for what? Yeah, yeah. Like there's no purpose, no nothing to look forward to. Yeah. Like that fucks with you hard. Oh man, it it weighs on you. Like it it really does weigh on you. And so it was it was tough to get out of it. And I started talking to a lot of the people around me. I started talking to people who who were friends, people who worked in the industry, people who were artists, and I started to really understand that everybody was going through right. it. Right. Everybody had their own version of what I was dealing with. Yeah. And it was like, you know, I found that doing weekly Zooms with my friends was keeping me in high spirits because it was a way to see them. And we would do these weekly Zooms every every Saturday night or Friday night or whatever it was. You know, you get yeah. the drink and hang out. And it man, it was like you looked forward to that now yeah. every week. And so that kept me up. Um, you know, my girl was still out here in California and I was in Kansas City. And that was hard because now yeah. now not only was it long distance, but now I actually couldn't travel. Yeah, fuck. So now it was Zooms again, you know what I'm saying? But it was like it was making that effort and trying to keep it going. And so I, I you know, I, I, I see that and I see where we're at now. And I'm just like, man, like it's been really hard for a lot of people. For sure. It's been um, something a lot of people have never had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Never. And, and, you know, so how, how do you, you know, how do, how, do, how do you make that turn, you know? I've talked to a lot of people lately that 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 man, they just snapped out of it and they said, "Man, I went out there and I hustled." And I think yeah. that's I, I admire that, and it's very admirable. Um, I think it's incredible that people have been able to do that for themselves. Now, on the flip side of that, people who haven't been able to do that for themselves, I, I think it's fair to not judge them because I think too many people. We live in a productivity society. Yeah. You're judged by your productivity. You know, I did that to myself for a long time, yeah. for a very long time. As far as I knew, my talent was that I was productive. Right. So my worth, my self-worth was based on, man, how many emails can I send today? How right, many right. things can I accomplish? Things that were, yeah. Things yeah, that it, I can but, measure. But, and, and, and they involved other people. Yeah. So now when you get into this space, now I'm like, okay, my volume, my volume output is not as high. And I started to notice it was affecting my, my, my perception of myself because I was like, I'm not getting as much done as I used to in a day. Right. But I had to readjust that and think like, okay, different times. Yeah. Also, you're not doing the same job. You're not doing these same things. Like, like chill out. Like it's yeah. going to be okay. I mean, that's awesome that you were at least able to even have that moment of, 
of self-reflection to make that adjustment. Yeah, it's it's important, man. It's important to have good people around you because good people around you will always remind you, like, hey, like, yeah. chill out. Like, this is what's happening, and you can have those dialogues with people, people who understand and who can, you know, have have yeah. that that um, that realization with you. And a lot of them are going through the same things. Yeah, you know. Well, I think that right there is the key, right? Whatever it is, whether it's pandemic, you know, induced, whether it's personally having a mental you know, issue where, where you yourself have, you know, a certain level of depression or anxiety or whatever, whatever it is, whether it comes from an external source or internally, like talking to people, communicating, reaching out yeah, and finding people to talk with, engage with, interact with, have social uh, interactions with. That's that's important. The humans need that. We're yeah. not meant to be in a cage, What like whether it's mental or physical or whatever. Right. Like so that you 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 doing zooms you having you know your own realization of like oh you know i gotta make these adjustments like and some of that might have come from talking to people or or just even watching other people something right but you need to communicate you need to reach out that is the first step for sure otherwise you're just going to like drown like you're gonna sink in the quicksand yeah like i mean it's it's you know you I feel like all we do is keep reiterating, and I'm not talking about just, I mean, the world. We all keep reiterating, like, oh, man, 2020, like, oh, man, this year, like, but really, I, man, I have to be completely, sincerely honest. It legitimately actually is the worst year I've experienced so far. Yeah. Now, that might sound dramatic to some people, but, like, let me tell you, like, in so many ways, personal outside everything seems to have just closed in Mm -hmm. and it's incredibly tough to like you know every day like face it and be like no like we're gonna go out there and we're gonna get it but thankfully if you surround yourself with the good with good people and you recognize those things in yourself and you do things to help yourself then you know like you 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 can get through it but man it's it's tough yeah it's the best way i can say it for sure for sure and and i think like it's it's important for for people to realize too like each person's reality is their reality like that's what it is so like it's like there is a level of it could be worse that everybody could always say right there's also a level of it could always be better um some people have certain things that are worse than others but then that comparison aspect even like we talked about social media also comes into play in the real life in the real world when it comes to you know hardships just because yours in to, to what you're used to maybe worse compared to this person like theirs is still their reality and they still have to like face that here's the thing a lot of people don't understand about that is is and i think you're going you know what you're saying is absolutely correct when you have your own reality in your head no one can convince you otherwise yeah no matter like for example if you're like um Oh man, I'm too I'm too skinny, and this is your reality. Mm-hmm. No matter how many times I sit here and I tell you, like, no, you're not, you're yeah. fine, like that or whatever, it cannot change you. You only you can do that, right? No 100%. one can change that for you. So you take that and you adjust it to whatever, like, right. oh man, like like everything sucks, or oh man, like this is terrible, or whatever. You can't adjust people's thinking yeah. until they do the work to do that for themselves. But you're absolutely right; it's their perception, it's their reality. Yeah, and there is a level of like you can still give your opinion and be like, yeah, I think you're a little tripping right now. Like, nah, you're good. Or, you know, like, and that, that's fine, too. I also don't like when people get very defensive of like, well, this is how I feel and that's it. Well, well, hold up. Sometimes we feel wrong. There are times. But at the same time, sometimes we feel how we feel and we're entitled to that feeling because it's our life. So there's like a balance where you have to like be able to take in people's opinions or people's perspectives. But at the same time, also know 
that your perspective and your opinions or your feelings are are also merited. Yeah. And so there's like a balance you just have to find as a human in every aspect. I had uh, during the pandemic, I'm a, my mindset, just the way I am, is find a solution. There's always a way. And there are times when I'm fucking beat the fuck down by some type of circumstance or something and I'm like stressing or whatever but I'm there's like there's no quit in me personally like I, I find a way that's not how everybody is and I understand no. that so I don't project that on other people but I also do not let people dwell when they're in, in my world so like I had a friend that was very stressed out because uh, she couldn't do anything she, she was like I, everything I wanted all the things I like to do I can't do right now I can't go here I can go there and she was just like stressing and stressing and, and like she was continuously elevating that stress on herself and i was like well you can do this you can do that and i was trying to be helpful without being very pushy but she would complain and complain and complain now she's entitled to feeling her stress because that's something's different and it's not the way she likes it or whatever but then she just kept like closing up and dwelling closing up and dwelling. And i was like hey why don't you just go to and then well she's like you just don't get it if it's not like this then you know but and she she wouldn't even realize it and i ended up having to tell her you're telling me essentially that if it's not to your liking, it's not, you shouldn't even do it. Like that doesn't make sense to me because you're, you're not even trying to find some level of bliss or happiness or distraction or there's like, you're not even trying to dig out at all. You just want to keep sinking. And so she, one of the days got really upset with me because I was like, honestly, stop fucking complaining. I've given you like 30 different options throughout the week. You haven't done one single one. If you're not going to at least try to do one of them, then like I don't want to hear you complain anymore, and like, but I it was kind of dickish, but I was also firm because I already had listened to a lot of her stuff. There's a there's a there's a balance that she has to find for herself, and she ended up like really she got really pissed at me, and then she stressed out, and like even to this day she's like, man, when I was in this really hard place, you you abandoned me. Like she'll still say that. I'm like, what are you talking about? I tried to help you so many times, you just didn't acknowledge my help. But like ultimately, like you have just proven to yourself that you are strong enough to get out of it. You're saying that if I did abandon you, okay, fine. But you're not in that place anymore. So like, look at that. At least that give yourself some props. You got yourself out. That's fucking yeah. dope. So like, there's a, a level where you still have to like not be self-destructive. And whether someone's trying to help you or not, like even if you feel like it's the worst day or if it's the worst week or whatever, like, and you're still alive and you're still like, you still have to give yourself your props. Like, fuck whatever my opinion is. I, You know what? I'm still here. I'm still making it. And, like, appreciate yourself at times. I think that's important. People don't, like, appreciate themselves or, um, be, like, they don't they don't acknowledge their small wins. Right. And no, so, I think, yeah. You're very right, man. I think so, it's hard to sometimes, but I think, you know, I think that, that uh, you're right. Celebrating it, the small things is a great thing. Yeah. And I'm saying, like, you were able to kind of do that for yourself when you when you when you when you brought up the fact that like okay well i'm not doing all this and there's like a, ne a lot of negative emotions like damn like these comparisons and this i'm not doing this but you said like well you know what well i don't have to but i'm i'm still getting stuff done right i had to flip i had to flip my thinking i had to change yeah. it um a lot of it and man i'm like i'm gonna tell you man like you spend 10 years at a record label and then you leave and i i was going 100 miles per hour yeah. all 10 years at that record label um, we all were. Everyone there was. That's just that's just the culture yeah. of that of that job. And when you go from that to like getting room to breathe, you don't know what like you almost don't know what you to do right. with yourself. You're like, you're like lost weird. at sea. Where yeah. the fuck do I go? 
You're like, you're like, you're like, what am I, like, what am I doing? Like, 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 am I, like, am I getting the same things done? But you don't understand that you're working at a different level. You're working right. in a different space. It's different. And that's yeah. all you have to recognize. It's different. It's not worse. It's not better. It's different. different. You know, for me, like for me personally, it was better because I was able to, to readjust my life and, yeah. and really, you know, like, man, I'll tell you, like working for so long, going, going at that aggressive rate it wears on you. Sometimes you burn out. Yeah. A lot of people are not aware of when they're burning out. I had been burnt out for a while and it was no one's fault. It was my own. Like I, I had did not realized that it was happening or did it, for you? Was I it, think man, probably the last two years of, of my but after time. It was already at a point where like, Holy shit, maybe I can't fix this. Yeah. 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 I think I probably within the last two years really had felt like I'm burning out Yeah, and I, and it's happening. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and it was happening in real time. And it just finally got to a point where I said, okay, I need to stop for yeah. my own sake. Otherwise, I'm not going to keep up like even at a, you know, at a human level. Like I'm not yeah. going to be okay. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and be okay. I'm right. like, I'm going to lose it. So ended up, um, you know, like really readjusting my thinking and being like, okay, let me go take a breather. But like I was saying earlier, man, I'm at a point in my life where I want to succeed. You know, I had this conversation with Merz earlier. And some people understand this, some won't, because some people, this is all they can think about. And that's cool. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I'm not motivated by money. Me neither. I have a disconnect with money. And Money's some, essential. It's awesome. It's essential. But some might argue that it's because, you know, you know, if if like, because I never needed it or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't come from a wealthy family whatsoever. Yeah. Not at all. My parents are Mexican immigrants who came to this country and worked their asses off. Yeah. But they took very good care of my sister and yeah. I. But, in, but what you're saying is like you're not motivated by money in regards to your career path and what, what uh, you're chasing Right, 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 right. So, I, so, so, you know, so like I, I didn't grow up like being like money, 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 yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't grow up that way. That reflects in my adulthood. Like I'm not motivated by money and my decision making and, and things that make me happy because that's not what makes me happy. It's essential to me living. Right. right? It's essential to me living in fucking Los Angeles. Yeah. But... I was telling Merce today, I was like, yeah, I'm like, because uh, I talk to a lot of my friends who are in the industry and I've talked to a lot of people who are trying to find their way in the industry. And because I've been here before and I've done a lot of things, sometimes they come to me for advice. Yeah. And I tell people sometimes, I'm like, what motivates you? Yeah. What is going to motivate you? I could tell you on a personal level, money doesn't motivate me because what motivates me is working with people I care about. Facts. When I worked at Strange Music, I cared about the artists. I cared about my boss. Yeah. I cared about the people around me. So I always wanted to do a good job. And I did. I always did a great job. That's awesome. Because at the end of the day, I was like, I care about that person. Yeah. I care about Cap Callis and I care about MERS. So I do my best job I can for them on their behalf. That's sick as fuck. I'm not motivated by anything else, right? But I found that. I had to find what motivated me. Right. Once I did, I was able to connect with it. Everyone else has to find their thing. You know, some yeah. people, man, you'd be surprised at how many people are not motivated by money, but they're not motivated by, by money in a different way. As in, you you can't motivate them. Right. Like, you might be like, yo, I'll give you like two racks if you can do this. And then they fuck up the job. And then it's, well, because they're not motivated by money, but it's in a different way. Yeah. They never found their motivation. Right. You have to find your motivation. Everyone has a different one. For sure. For sure. I wholeheartedly agree with that. Um, and, and what, like, I have a, a friend that works at a job and is all, and the, like, every time he wants to leave that job, he's, he's very essential to that, to that business. Like, he, yeah. he like, he's, he's, uh, he does his job well and does it really, like, they, 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 uh, they see how important he is to them. 
he doesn't like that job. And he like every six months or so, he's telling me he hates the job. And every time he wants to leave, they give him another raise or they give him a this or they give him some equity or whatever it is, right? That like short term sounds great. And I told and I told him in the beginning in like his first year when he vented to me twice about it, I was like, honestly, bro, like the money sounds great. You can do two things. You could leave now and go chase something that's going to make you happy because I can tell you right now, this is not going to be long term for you. And you're going to feel like this again and again and again. Yeah. So leave now and go find something else that maybe is going to pay you less, but that you can at least get that, that also feels fuels your ambitious desires that where there's room for growth, where you can make more money or stick it out for a time frame, earn the money that you need to earn in order to kind of not depend on that money while you search for something else. So like, it's one of those two, but you're yeah. never like, it's never going to bring you happiness, bro. I, and I know this, he's like, oh, but this sounds good. This and that. Every time he's taken those little, like he's been convinced to stay. Yeah. Every several months comes to me with the same thing. I want to leave. I want to leave. You got to find your motivation for sure. A hundred percent. And like those, like money sounds great, but it, it, if it's like money by itself is nothing. If you're miserable, it's not going to change yeah, anything. It, it, it's, it's pointless. So you got to find the balance of what's essential to survive you living out here in LA, there are certain amounts of expenses that you need to like be able to cover here. It's it's fuck. LA is a, a tough place to live, but there's also like ways to make it where if you don't overspend, if you don't over like if you're not trying to like have the the dopest house or others like and you but you know what makes you happy that you you find those those met the, those uh those avenues to find your balance so that way you can make what you need to survive, but then also to pursue the things that really do make you happy, and that's awesome. Too many people just want like that. Oh, I want this car. I want this house. Oh, I need this. I need that. I need this. And like, so I can look at like, so people can see the money that I got or for whatever their dumb reasons are, but just, yeah, man, pursue what makes you happy. That's, that's the key. And I, you know what? That's one of the things that I really respect and uh, appreciate about Gary V. Gary V is like a rich dude, but he's always telling people like, yo, like if it's not making you happy, don't fucking do it. I was about to bring up Gary V because, um, someone just sent me a video of him talking to Matthew McConaughey. Oh, sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if you've seen it. But I haven't seen the video, but I, I saw the post, but I haven't. But yeah, yeah, so basically Matthew McConaughey is talking to him about how he was doing romantic comedies for years and years and years and mm -hmm. years and years in Hollywood, and he was making money. Yeah. And they were just, but he kept only being cast in romantic comedies. Right. And he was like, well, what the fuck? Like, why do I only keep getting cast in romantic comedies? And finally, they brought him another one. I, be I believe this is how it went. And he said, he was like, no. And he said, no. And, um, they threw money at him and he still said no. Yeah. And then he went, I think he went and did other things, but then they, they brought this script back to him and they had raised the price and he still, he kept saying no, because I think the conversation he had ended up having with his team was like, if you don't stop doing what they want you to do, like you're never going to do what you, what you want to do. do. And so that was, that was, that's the same scenario. It's like, you know, um, what ma I think, you know, what matters more to some people, and this is an interesting conversation I have with artists, like what matters more to you is like money or legacy. Yeah. You know, also legacy, like you might, you might be looking at it like as money and legacy. I look at it as money and I look at it as money and legacy. And I'll tell you why, because if you have legacy, you're going to, you're going to have money. By default, money's going to generate. You know what I'm For saying? For sure. hundred percent. You look like, you look at an artist like, um, I mean, let's just, you know, let's just use, because someone brought this up to me today. Look at an artist like Tech Nine, you know, yeah. ten years ago they were like, 
yo, he's going to still be making music in 10 years. Right. And here we are 10 years later and he is. And a lot of artists like that still are. And I think you have to have the mind for that of understanding like, okay, like maybe this one particular artist is not the number one billboard charting artist right now. They might be number 27. Right. However, are they going to be number 27 in 10 years? Where number one is going to be nowhere, nowhere to be found, near. right? Yeah, that consistency of being able to be in 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 a place where you're happy, but also still productive. Yeah, and I think you know, I I think that's something you have to recognize as an artist is like, what are you going to be? What are you right. going to do? That's awesome, man. I uh, it was great catching up with you. I love the mindset. I love uh, I've loved that that, that there is a genuine intention to help people, not just with MERS and Cap Callus, but even what you brought up about mental health and being aware, like all those little things like that, man, I think are really what help people help others. And I think that's yeah. important, you know, being able to bring good vibes, being able to at least bring something up to make people think, make people more aware, make people more conscious. So that way, you know, you're more mindful about how you interact with other people, what you do and, and uh, you know, what life is really about, you know, yeah. the happiness, care, sincerity, like that's fucking awesome, man. So it, it was great talking to you, bro. Thank Thanks you, man. for coming through. Great conversation, man. I'll say it again. I, I told, I said, this is somebody earlier today. And I said, um, I said, be nice. And I said, because that gets you so far in life and you would never, you would never guess it how far just being nice to people and, and, and genuinely nice because you want to be nice. Right. But that gets you, man. And you know what? It's not hard. It pays dividends. It's not hard to be nice. I don't understand why some people think it's hard, <laughs> but it's not. It's not. It's not hard to be nice, man. Um, that's awesome, bro. I yeah, fucking, man. Thank you for having me. I love the. I love the brand. I love everything, and I'm glad to see it, it's still going. So, where uh, where can people find you? People can find me on Instagram at Lakeshore Fiend, uh, Twitter at Lakeshore Fiend, and um, you can always email me at vicmsa three one two at gmail I'm sure I'll regret that one, <laughs> but um, you know. Um, Ignore ignore me and and more so than anything, go follow the things that Cap Callus um, at Cap Callus is doing and the things that MERS at Sick. MERS three sixteen is doing. Please, they have a lot of great things coming up. Hell yeah, um, I absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, just keep an eye out. Dope. Well, thanks for coming through. Thank you guys absolutely, for watching, man. and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace.